do Cause for the Get Fresh crew You review the books Get shaved and dirty looks Now that wrong time just say poo-poo Poo-poo Welcome back, one and all, to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm Jim Warren. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 373. Yes, 373, Eric and me. Here we are. Constantly. We have... Yeah, really. John Constantly? Is that your new character you're coming up with? That's no, pretty good, Eric. No, I like, he, he ends up, he he vapes, maybe? I don't know what John Constantly <laughs> will do. Let's just take John Constantly and make him terrible. Yeah, John Even Constipated. So. <laughs> That's me, Eric Shortstack. Here we go. Woo woo. Uh, we have five books today uh, to go through. It's not going to be a very long podcast, I think. And it's, it's a little break. It's We've been be having some of those podcasts. The real, real of time. long ones. Maybe. I mean, it's like a wizard always arrives right on time, right? Are you a wizard? Are you a witch priest today? What, what would you consider yourself right now? If sitting in, in your apartment. And, oh, really? Look at you, Mr. Vane. Oh, my God. Look at the hotness over there. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This room is straight fire. I'm that dying. It is straight fire. What, did Jess leave the, the gas on again? You lit Not a today. cigarette? Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, welcome to episode three. What is it, Eric? Three, 373. 373. You and me constantly. Get on no, I knew the three. For some reason, I thought, boy, that's a little, you know, longer than I thought we've been doing this. We're almost at episode 400. That's crazy. We can have a big party for 400. We're waiting for 500 there. I have no idea. Did Are we, we have ever a big party there? for two or 300? I, I don't remember. I know you got drunk as hell for I got 100. I, got 100. I, mean, so I, I hear crazy. it was good, though. Well, maybe we should do that again. I, I actually, I actually I threw it out. Time. One of the podcasts I did, I think it was the uh, Patreon only uh, solicits podcast, that I said that somebody needs to make up a Brian Michael Bendis drinking game for all of his tropes, things like that. We'll get blasted, right? We'll get blasted. It's one of the ideas. Like, man, we're almost at four hundred. Like, yeah, in like half a year. Yeah, that's still like, who knows. Maybe I'll just come up with something that I'll start numbering them different or whatever. We'll I'm just surprised yeah, you haven't. We'll we'll do legacy numbering because I think that it tells me in my podcast player that we're like at five eighty or something like that. And just go with that, right? Welcome to episode five eighty, everybody. And with that. Before we get into these books and all of this rigmarole, go over to Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We will follow you back 100%. And then you can talk to us, yell at us. It seems most people yell at us. I don't know. You're and then yelling they, at most people is what I heard. No, they yell at, at me. But then I always realize, wait a second. Take that hate over to Eric. You're, you're, yeah, yelling, about, you're, you're yelling about his reviews and things like that. It's funny because a guy on the Twitter ended up disagreeing with your fat cat review the written review did he, he well yeah he said that you must be a tom king hater that's why he you gave it a low score i hated all tom king well, he wonder what i thought about the other things but he never specifically said what he thought about the book well he was saying basically he liked that the mr miracles the, the way that that tweet was was hey you only don't like this book because i think that you are a tom king hater aren't you and then I said, whoa, 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 it's not my review. And then basically told him exactly what you would have anyway, because we're pretty much online with how we no, feel about that book the thing as well. Is, you, the way you were talking about it, like you were talking about the stuff you liked about Tom King's books and different things throughout the years and stuff like that. I'm sitting here, I'm like, if I respond to this guy, I could tell him I liked Batman one through six. Yeah, yeah, you like that. You didn't read Vision. Uh, no, you did didn't not. like a Mega Man as much as me. Either. No, and I like never that. cared that for was a Mega good. Man. Yeah, I liked the first six issues. Remember, once it was going to be canceled and then came back. After it came back, things seemed really rushed to get to what was then the ending. I don't even 12. know what Kyle Rayner that was. Yeah, it was some other one. Eric just hanging out. 
I just love the way it ended. Everybody talks about books like that, about how great it was, but they never remember the ending because there really That's wasn't a I great remember. one, right? <laughs> it was really bad. But, you know, we're not here to talk about that. I just said, go over to the Twitter, yell at me. I'll pass you on to Eric. He won't respond. And then I'll no, respond. I, I went to the guy's thing again. How did you feel overall about Tom King's other work? Sheriff of Babylon, Omega Men, Vision, Mr. Miracle, etc.? I have a feeling you weren't much of a fan. Exactly. I have a feeling you're not much of a fan saying that the Bat Cat's better. You be just right. don't like the, you know, but that's what kind of got me. The idea that he's almost pushing it aside of, oh, I read your review and you're just not a Tom King fan. That's why you don't like the book. No, there's a lot of problems with it, which does end up leading to something, Eric. Go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where we ended up talking about Batman and Catwoman number six for the Patreon-only show that was picked by the bad and what else? the Get Fresh crew, Beep Boop, and also Shazam number two. We Shazam. ended up talking about both of those in what was about an hour and 30 minutes or so. It was a long deal. We were having some fun, right? Talking about them. Books. I don't remember anything about I it. I like Shazam a little more than you, not a ton more. I had some fun with it, but we both agreed. It feels like it should be a it bigger book. It should be a bigger colorful. book, right? Should be. And Batman, Catwoman, with Shazam, or if you prefer Captain Marvel, you should really be doing like you know some legwork on the character because it's really kind of up in the air and all willy nilly about who Shazam is ever since the New Fifty Two. Like, and even in this new series of Teen Titans Academy, into this, you have no idea what's on with, up with the new Shazam family as it is. You just know there's Freddie, Mary, and Billy, but what about everybody else? Yeah, and with that, with the Batman Catwoman deal, with the phantasm, I even went because. I had heard before, but, and I had heard before the idea that the Phantasm was in the books before, but it was a tie-in. It was a tie-in book to the movie, the movie, yeah. And so it wasn't in canon. If you actually go to like the Wikipedia for the Phantasm character, it'll say first appearance, Master of the Phantasm adaptation, non-canon, and then Batman, Catwoman, number canon. I'm like, really? Yes. Like you're not you you aren't doing anything with it and that was our you know big complaint with that but like we said that is the selections the badasses of the get fresh crew boop, they boop. picked those so with that if you want to complain you want to argue you want to yell go yell at them and here they are Ash. that's what this is all about so they yell at me yell at badasses yell at everybody but me Praise me, I say. Like I used to say to my mom. She didn't listen, Eric. Nobody else does either. Jay Jennings, Ted Probst. I love Punchline, Eric. Oh, my goodness. Later on, you're going to hear that. Mean you love her just a little bit more this week. Michael S., welcome to the Badass Roll Call. Forrest, Polly Kemp, Joseph Lodge, Sick, Matt, Razor, D-Men 3000, All-New Dave, Lady, Abby, Red, Matt, Just Malone, Niels, T-Wart, David, Fink, Joey, Barakasco, Stephen Baum. He plays hockey, Eric. Did you know that? Tony Walker, Jason do. Colby, Sue 42. Do you and me taking pictures of Beatles today? Not John, Paul, Ringo, and George, though. I was upset. Michael G., Ken Halleck, Comic Boom, Rocky, Seller Dweller, Mark Jager, Algin Stoja, Nick Adams, Bill Beer, Ruben, Carlos, Lone Wolf Marv, Luke, Hollywood and Leak Slip, Simon, Luis, Manship. I haven't heard from Manship in a while. Andrew and Belfast catching up on the book. Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Million, Dalton Edom, my man Pete from NYC. He's catching up as well. Sailor Moon, Mark, our man Rob Lewis, Brandy Murray up there in Buffalo, probably right now watching his Beloved Bills and Double A Ron. Where's Double A Ron? He's in Minnesota. Why he's would you ask that there, Eric? He's in he's in the Minnesotas, eh? Right? I, I did a lot of Canadian accents <laughs> this week on the Marvel podcast. I decided to bring tried. it over. No, I did it. Hey, I'm the Canadians. 
Isn't that the, the accent, right? I learned oh, all God. my Canadian accents from, I know nobody talks from to perfect us. strangers. <laughs> Balky, he's What's Canadian, me, right? Hey, it's me, Balky. I'm from Saskatchewan. Wasn't right? he from Mepos? I, I don't know where the hell he was from. I just watch, I just watch out for Uncle Jesse's crazy uncle. That guy, he's lecherous. He he it's comes. His cousin. He wants all the ladies. I'm telling you, his cousin's bed. You just never met his uncle. <laughs> he's I don't want to. Oh my goodness! Hey, it's me, the Costopolis is hey. All right, Eric. We're we're done with this intro. Thanks all of I've the Patreons, <laughs> especially them badasses who pick everything. But we're going to go off to the books. Like I said, we have five books. I think that people are going to be a little bit surprised, maybe a little excited of how positive, Eric, positive that we are with these books I this hate week. Everything, Everything's everyone. 10 out of 10, right? Oh, shit. It's just the idea. I'm like, Eric, did you get your test back? You're like, yeah, I'm positive. Uh, that's not good, Eric. You know, that yeah, trope. That sitcom trope. <laughs> ah, yes. But we're going to go off right now to start off the book. Ah, oh, yes, Eric. Here we are. A little Getting heat strike wave. for freaking copyright. <laughs> a little bit like I don't with any of the parody songs we yeah, have. Yeah, those are parody songs. Those are good. No, it's, it, there's some weird rule about it. I don't it. know how it works. I, I, I go by the vanilla either. ice code where it's dun 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 dun. dun. See, it's yeah, different. Yeah, you got the. That, that's, I just go by the weird Al code. If exactly. you do it and one person laughs, then, then you're and good. And again, Coolio said he didn't give permission and it was still okay, so it's fine. That is true. That is true. Parody, because, well, baby. Again, and then as big as the Weird Owls. And by the way, that was me singing, not Martha and the Vandals, Eric. Hey, you know what? He's got I'm the proud cancer. of you if that's the case. It's the cancer. Can't you tell? Can't you tell it was a the heat wave? Well, I'm just sad. He's going in the Suicide Squad. Ah, uh, yes. Here we are with the books. We're going to start off with two books, two books that I really like. One shocked me that I like. Uh, shocked the world, it does. But also, I don't know what that could now, be. Because we've been liking The Flash and then like, you know, Superman and the Authority was our book of the week last time it came out. So why it's were you still, shocked for any of these? It's still going to shock people because right. I saw people not liking this issue. Also, it still doesn't change the fact that it's a Grant Morrison book. Oh, but okay. Before we, the Flash. No. before we go into that, uh, please go over to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com. Check out our written reviews for these issues that we're going to be talking about tonight, including what we're going to start with and. There's a shocker as well, because this is the second time. Last time you did complain that The Flash was the first book we were going to talk about. But me and you have really been enjoying it. And it comes out in a weird week again, where to me, it's you know one of the bigger books coming out. You actually had been prepared to talk about Superman and the Authority first. Why so I don't is think Superman you not the top book? I don't because understand. Because it's Superman and the Authority. Oh, it that Authority is not going to hold Superman. down the ladder. It's old man Superman, which not still doesn't make much sense, but they're going to shove it in. I told you. And then I actually, like, it was an epiphany when I thought of the idea, oh, I get what they're doing now. But then I thought, I don't know. I'm not going to say too much about it because I think that what I think is the reason why I thought, okay, that's that like everybody's already thought that that it's very obvious. We'll get to that when we. I get don't to think the it book. is. I I do. I I think once once I explain it Especially again, with the landscape. Aaron, well, once I explain it again, I'll, I'll tell you. But we're going to remain mysterious, with or like mysterious, right now until yeah, we get right to it later now, on. You'll have to wait a little for that mystery man moment. But what are we uh, talking about first, Eric? The Flash, number 773, written by Jeremy Adams with R5, Will Conrad, Alex Sinclair, and Steve Wands. 
Heatwave has nothing to lose after finding out in the previous issue that he has cancer, and for the first time in a long time, Wally West has everything to lose now that he's the Flash again, has his family back, and has to deal with the first day of his new job. Can Wally tackle all of these problems? Well, yeah, he's Wally West, so you know that the legend is going to do it in style. Yeah, and there's bigger books, right? There's bigger things going. Infinite Frontier, even, and even if biggest. you want to go with maybe, says. maybe Superman and the Authority, but... What I like about this Flash book with Wally here is that it, it feels classic and, and it's fun. It, it seems to be set up to just have some fun. And I'm okay with that because there's a lot of dismal books out there. And, and I'm kind of getting sick of that. This actually feels to me like what we could have gotten after that Rebirth special back in Rebirth. The idea of Wally back having the fun and the family and all that stuff. And, and with that, it's weird because you get through this issue and kind of get the idea like, okay, that wasn't that much going on. Like the stuff going on, but I had a real good time. I was with it. so surprised reading this because this is not the, like the, the most exciting issue this week, the most adventurous, the most groundbreaking in character development and stuff like that. But I'm like, this was pretty damn solid with everything. And let me tell you, it's, it's juggling all of these aspects of Wally West, which I, this is the thing I love about superheroes. Like, you hate when superheroes have jobs, but I like the idea of like the family, the job, the superheroics, and or even just trying to get, make sure you like, you know, eat lunch that day or something along those lines where you're juggling all of these aspects. And I think Jeremy Adams is doing a great job in actually throwing all of these elements in, in a way that actually feels really good by the end. Well, you're you're making me look like an asshole. Uh, I don't need to do that. I agree. I know you should, Naga. It's already out in the open. He has this deal with the job, and you just said I don't like. You're not really fully spelling out what I don't like about the jobs. This job, and he mentions it again, is the idea that Mister Terrific has told him he can come and go at any time. That's fine. That makes it so you can keep going back. Even Barry Allen in the whole Joshua Williamson run of like, like we would go. Six months and he has not been on the job. And then when he goes back, it always seems worse. It always seems weird. Just think about you talking about that right now. We're where we are in Infinite Frontier of DC Comics in this era of comics right now, where Barry Allen is trapped in a freaking hallucination state on Omega Earth. I'm like, I think he still has a job when he comes back. I'm telling you, when he comes back and he's in any book, he's going to go back. Hey, what did I miss? Well, probably a decade. About six months of work. You're fired. What did I miss? Uh, The 90s? Really? Like at, at one, slip. That's what at you one point he died, Eric. He was gone and came back and still had well, that, that was job. Fine. That I was mean, fine. seriously. They I brought guess him back. I read it, that. It's like I guess with Barry Allen, what they end up doing is what they try to do on on a football team and an American football team, especially Win? a quarterback. You can't lose your job to an injury. You okay. can't end up losing it when you come back. You should be able to go, even though sometimes you know circumstances end up making you a Tom Brady set. Well, you're not going to have that opportunity. But go. gotcha. with that, with the idea of this, though, the job is what I think Jeremy Adams, I love it. He sets it up to get away from the job trope that I don't like. The idea where you have somebody, you know, at one point I was going through a bunch of these things at one. Daredevil, you know, Matt Murdock was the blind short order cook at one point and then would just go off for weeks as daredevil come back he's still doing the short order cooks like that doesn't make sense this is good and even plays with the idea because seriously one of the funniest things this week is when when wally's so bored that he's trying to do computer stuff and ends up getting an alert that there's a fire at the pier and has a huge smile on his face because he can go into uh, i mean Oh, no. Which well, is so funny, off. too, with the idea of who Wally West is, because while he was forgotten for a while, strapped in the Speed Force, 
he is still a product of his times of like the like you know throughout the being like, like you know, kid flash but in like the 80s and 90s kind of thing where he is kind of just like he's an engineer he's kind of a grease monkey kind of guy he's even showing up in his speed loop jacket to his first now, day of work still. here for some Why reason you have to give that back do you think I, they I, give that to you or I, you I think, think you know, stole the thing is, that and, you know, it's Mr. Terrific's company. is like, look, usually we make you pay for it, but you can just keep it. And he's like, this is a pretty nice jacket. I like yeah, it. It's even funny. I say <laughs> this. There's like seven different aprons in our car from McDonald's. Talk about its race <laughs> collection. Same deal. He's Wally West. Uh, but the uh, thing is, on top of that, though, with who Wally West is coming back now, where he is an engineer, because he can even tell these scientists a thing or two about their energy needs and the capacities based on what he's done with the cosmic treadmill and different things, which is a great thing. But the idea is like, yeah, I'm not much of a computer guy. He's like, oh, it's kind of intuitive. Don't worry. I'm like, what do I do here? Where's the mouse? He doesn't know anything about current day kind of technology because he's never really worried about it. Yeah, I like that. And I also like that almost the hint. I hope that it does come true with that because I want to get the kids involved uh, more where he's like, man, where are my kids to tell? And I like the idea, too, where Jeremy Adams is even without the kids there. He's still doing little things to make Wally to make you remember that he is a dad. And he is a deal with the dad joke comment and things like that. And I thought or that, that was Wally's really just good. a nice guy when this freaking guy that he's working with now is making redhead jokes and ginger jokes about even a ginger could do it. I'm like, see, he's a nice guy. He doesn't beat the holy hell out of this dude for no reason. <laughs> no, yeah, really. That's cool. And <laughs> I was so with, angry. I'm like, it's with that, day. though. It's, a, it's almost like Wally came in with a tag on his pants and everybody starts making fun of him. Like, yeah, really. Why would you do, do this that? to Wally West? Who would do that to anybody? To Wally West. Jerks, right? <laughs> I didn't even have red hair and you did that to me. What, what I thought was funny too is i actually thought he was going to get somebody on this scientific team that was like the young guy that he'd be able to befriend and have fun but these guys are kind of like i don't know they they seem against them they're gonna they're gonna be won over but the one that i thought was going to like him the one popping bubbles and things he seems to be the one, oh, he's he's the one who, yeah he's the one who throws the shade at him about being a redhead but I mean, seriously, if you want to work somewhere and you want to really push the idea, where is Terrific Tech? Because I got to get there, Eric. They have free Free food. Free food all day. And I love the idea that these, you know, eggheads that you would normally get there to really say like, oh, look at this jerk Wally. They're so concerned with this free food that they go off for hours, which again, it takes a lot of people to get your brain functioning. These are smart people. They know that a full stomach means a full brain. That's true. Well, again, though. That's Jeremy Adams. And you could say that's ridiculous. But no, that's, to get, that's to get like them to out of the way as well. But again, that is the same thing as this job. It's not quite the jobs that I'm against. You know, he's not washing dishes for eight hours and then clocking out. This is a job where everybody's pretty loosey-goosey. And he's been told he could do whatever he wants. So, and mentions it again, which is which is a pretty which cool idea. Which is great, too, for the first day of his job. Because while we have a lot going on where, you know, eventually he has to get home to Linda and the kids, stuff like that. He has got to deal with this heat wave situation and even the way he deals with that just a freaking top notch really this i love wally west but the thing is he's able to do all this he has an idea about the energy needs and capacities for what these scientists are working on and he's going to go and he has to requisition all this from the company make sure it gets in there and because he is the flash he can go off you know oh it's going to take forever to do this whatever blah 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 whatever he's going to go and take care of some heat wave problems and he's going to get back have their freaking thing like you know brought in and have it attached before they even get back from home. It's like you do it, Wally. You do it, awesome. Yeah, and and impresses them, and and so they're becoming a team. And and again, he ends up saying because they're such fighting a kid, about though too because he's I just know, such a cool. like immature guy that's so I good like though, it, though. He's like he's like doing this like slapping his face whistling so so boring. But it gets that idea, you know. He 
fast ADHD type things like that too that I thought played out well Uh, but even then where he's doing this and he comes in and they're arguing well we have to have the heat no no it's too much it's melting the aluminum it's like oh well you don't use the aluminum you need like copper or silver the funny thing is he goes Silver's real expensive. I wanted them to say, you know who our boss is, right? You see the we like, get free food hey, downstairs, they, guys. Yeah, really, maybe if you get the silver, then the free food too. goes away, right? Because that is such a good aspect to have for the Flash, who, especially like Wally with the constant metabolism needs that he needs yeah. to maintain oh, his power. Great. I thought it was going down. Food. Now, again, one of the things that shows you completely that Wally isn't a piece of shit, like say me, yeah. is when he says at the end, they go, hey, you can clock out. You did really good today. You know, you clock out early go. And he's like, hey, I'm going to go get dinner. For me, that means I'm going to grab free food, put it in my pockets and leave, right? <laughs> I, I'm like, they're going to ruin it for everybody. They're like, how could you afford this, dad? I'm like, what, afford zero dollars? I don't know. It's me and like Homer with I just the imagine where I'm going to make you like I'm going to have Jeremy Adams write a script where all of a sudden Wally West, one of my favorite characters of all time, becomes you. Where we just see this weird issue where he's down in the freaking cafeteria and freaking pocketing food or sticking it in his sleeves and trying to walk out nonchalantly. But yeah, doing don't, a terrible don't job do at it. Jeremy Adams better not do that because <laughs> in that issue, you're going to screw up with continuity and canon because immediately – all of both of his kids are going to be six because they're going to go to the movies and he wants to pay less, right? There you go, Eric. Everybody's going to be confused there. What I also love about this, and I, what I was saying, I like that he solves their problem, but it is a flash type thing because of the cosmic treadmill that he has fixed that at points. And even with the idea, like you said, engineering and the grease monkey thing, but that's also a very practical thing. That's brought in. He's had to fix that Dude. treadmill at points. So he would know that. And I like it when he goes, yeah. And he goes too far. Yeah, I was fixing my treadmill. The treadmill. I, I like yeah. the idea where he's talking about this. And one of the guys are like, you know, they're not having any of this. You know, this guy still has a speed lube jacket on. It's the first day at work. He's like, this guy's trying to tell him how to do the job. Like, who, you know, who tells us about temporal capabilities of treadmills? Sure. You know, this idea is just like, Look, we just want to be able to do our job here. And you're telling us about freaking temporal treadmills. Get get the hell out of here, guy. I also like the I'm idea, though, that I know why you probably like this. Because seriously, in this capacity, this is your dream deal of pretty much Wally being Ferris Bueller through the, the deal. He knows what's going on. He's got the speed loop check. Like, all that stuff. He's just so relaxed and happy. So relaxed. And, and it, it works out, though. And you do have the older guy. That's what got me. The older guy's like, you know what? You did pretty good. This gearhead's right. right. Yeah, he's right. Yeah, That's what do we listen part. to this gearhead? Even, because even this gearhead's old, right. Even the old guy, though, he's got to throw shade by saying, yeah, the gearhead's right. I'm like, I can just, my name's Wally, everybody. Yeah, it's Wally, guys. Uh, now, I've had a real this, hard time lately. Can you please just call me by my name? He ends up, you know, there's a fire at the pier. He's so excited. He's going to go up. But in the meantime... And and what I really like, a very more old school than what we see a lot of times where you do see this weapon that's still going towards Earth. Oh, the idea that we're having this brief little one-page deal that's going to set up a story later on? Yeah, I like that. It's one page, and it sets it up with a character that we love. Jessica you know, Cruz Jessica. as a hero lantern right here going through trying to figure out what this thing is and trying to be able to stop it with, you know, the yellow ring and stuff like that. I need to know, though, when we get that Green Lantern annual that's supposed to deal with the idea of Jessica Cruz as the yellow lantern. Because I love Jessica Cruz and I do love the idea of her as, you know, a Sinestro Core lantern. I need to know why just because Jessica Cruz gets the Sinestro Core ring and that weird future state backup, which is, you know, now state. But the idea that, OK, I got this. 
I better go hang with the rest of Sinestro Corps on New Korga. I'm like, why do you have to have a click now just because this yeah, ring came to you? That's it seems what weird, right? It's like she went to college. You go to these people go to college. They come back for Thanksgiving. All you hear about is the college and all their friends. I'm like, I just I'm need to know the anymore. idea of why she goes. Like, does she need the ring and she's making undercover. a decision against it? It's weird. She's just like Melinda in, in the Nightwing book, Eric. Undercover. And what I mean by that is also I don't trust her. No, no. Uh, you you have, trust and, Melinda. And you have the... Uh, the editor's note by our man Cotton again. Oh, Cotton is back. Oh, Cotton. Uh, but yeah, I like that. It's just one page. It just continues that deal, and I like that progression of it going towards and showing. Well, just showing it's how powerful it is. Yeah, without right even really showing two anything. Yeah. Core lanterns are like constructs together, breaking through that, and just keep going on its merry way. It's like, no, I guess we should just report back because there's nothing we can do here. Yeah, I like that. Now, with all of this, when we start off the issue, we even didn't even go with the idea that the fire from the hospital last issue that heat wave started and i don't know i'm getting this weird vibe from the central city you know police and the fire department where they really feel like they don't want to do their jobs they they feel like i don't know when you end up i can understand that well when you end up having wally (laughs) he ends up and this guy's like like the way that i played he's like hey you know job oh my god right thanks for everything you guys are the i know real heroes yeah sure whatever i'm gonna they seem very like standoffish and and even later when you end up having the one girl talk to wally she's like ah eh, whatever i just want to clock out i don't need over it like they they feel very odd to me and i don't know if there's something going on well, maybe there it's because- just the idea of like a weird like um almost like a commentary on a society that has a superhero in there where the idea is like you know this guy comes and does our job for us immediately to the point where like we're so underwhelmed like man it'd be really cool to have that speed yeah is it is it really, setting really up the that they're angry and jealous because even later you have where just lethargic you know, it seems like that's what i'm saying later while he says hey part of the job isn't just to save people but to inspire them too how else can we change the world and Good then she you, goes Wally. change the ah shoot I'm just trying to get quitting time. I'm like, why? Did the, why are you saying that? Because not said all of a us can nice be thing. heroes like Wally. Some of us just were doing our nine to five and want to go know, home and watch I reruns like of the to Simpsons. I don't think of police officers doing that for some reason. And and it's there's a lot weird. the police officers do. I don't like to think of. It's almost like you're getting like you're saying, but also the idea of. We really don't have a lot to do around here because of the flash. We come and pick up people and I'm getting I don't know because it's it's played off so well he goes, Oh my god, job and runs back. Like the thing is, if I would have been a lazy guy in Central City or something like that, and I know the flash there are even multiple flashes going on, I might go into some kind of emergency service because I know I'm Maybe. not gonna have a lot to do. I'm like, well, well I can sit at my desk dark. and kind of take a nap. You know, you're like, Oh my god, we gotta get this guy has got frostburn from Captain Cole again. Oh, you know Again, you know, Frostburn, that guy's it's dead. It's pretty bad, right? Oh so oh my god there's all you have just tons of burn victims going around here with heat wave and the deal too but you know heat waves there and he's, he's going ham well, that's the thing pier. is that's the best part about it where wally really realizes immediately when you know he's about to torch a kid like yo mick what are you doing like you are going over the top right now that was a kid you were about this is not what you do this is not mick rory and the idea that you know he is trying to like you know reach mick like reach him internally like he's trying to reach his soul and his consciousness like Dude, you're you're one of the rogues. We you don't do this shit. You're blue collar freaking villains. What and are you said doing? Hebrew and that was the best part about Wally West: the idea that he could just go and talk to these villains, like you know, because he knows them. He knows who they are. And for the most part, I don't know how it works anymore. But Wally West, for a long time, I'm pretty sure that his identity was just out and about. I don't know if that was retconned at a certain point or they somehow changed things. But it just still feels like, hey, we know each other. It's me again. Well, you know, I think there's even on, more of a layer now. 
And and I, I appreciate that Jeremy Adams doesn't rely on it. He doesn't use it as a crutch or anything to get a story and get some feels. But this is a Wally West who was a murderer and a Wally West who everybody hated. A Wally West who had to I've already moved fixed, past. Picks the, the multiverse. And I that's what I'm saying. He doesn't even talk about it. But the idea of, you know, people are rehabilitated. People can get second chances and things like that. He's the poster child. Now, if he was the poster child for Rebirth, he's more of the poster child here than, than say, that stupid group over in the Catwoman book. You know, those second chances, I don't know that they deserve Cheshire, it. But the idea, the idea that he goes to Rory and's like, come on, man, you, you had it okay now. You were rehabilitated. You don't have to go back to this. And then realizing, like, and why I, again, not? Life doesn't matter, Flash. It's just a series of accidents. What's one more accident, Flash? Like, you're wrong, Heatwave. Life is an accident. It has purpose and meaning. But what that is, well... That's up to you, buddy. Instead of putting up so much effort into burning things down, maybe it's time to build things up. Like, that's the thing. It sounds hokey me saying that, but the idea of him being the hero who wants to reach this guy that he knows and try to figure out what the hell is wrong with him, why he's acting out like this, and then finds out about this whole thing, like, you know, but he still is willing to help this entire time. Like, this guy is burning things left and right. He is willing to kill children, but while he is going to say, like, sit the down. The children much- part's a little too much for me, actually, but it is rough, but he- he's heat wave. I actually thought that what they were going to play with was the idea that Heatwave's going to die. He's, he's given up, whatever. But also the idea, look at me, I'm dying. I was alone. Nobody came. To, they only care about me when I'm Heatwave. So I'm going to, but he doesn't go with that. He's just, he's given up. And some people do this. I mean, there are pieces of crap in the world, Eric, that if they know that they're going to die, they're going to take everyone with them, whether they deserve it or not. Damn right. But, it's the watch idea. Watch out yeah, really. I'm telling you, you get a test in and you're off. You, you don't call people. You're making I dates. I got it. Yes. end up. Yeah, Everybody's really. Dead. They're dead. What uh, kind of test yeah. are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. You end up where, you know, he realizes, wait a minute, you were in that hospital. You're sick, aren't you? What's wrong? Well, you know, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. But don't ruin it. It's almost like the idea where Wally's like, why are you going out like this? Like, why? Well, I might as well. This is my whole thing. Accidents, all that. Like I said, if you're going to go with that little tidbit in there with the heroes in crisis, again, that was kind of an accident. He's like, no, things can change. Kind things of can work. It was yeah. an accident. Yeah. And, you know, things can change. So don't let this happen. I'm going to find somebody who can help you possibly. Right now with that, he's going to spend most of his time in jail. Now we know he's going to go off to the suicide squad. And there's a little Poor timing Mick. issue with this because of the weeks, but still it works out uh, perfectly. The idea that what does he care about the suicide squad either? Why not? Amanda Waller goes and takes and sends him the bell rev. And that's the weirdest thing is there's that little thing there with Heatwave too. It's like I'm so afraid that Swamp Thing's going to kill him. Well, he goes off to his sentence so that he could die, not in prison, not live again, because he thinks he's going to die. He's terminally ill. But while he does say, "I'm going to," you know, find somebody. I have a buddy who's a doctor. He's like, I, I need more magician here. You know, I don't need doctor. They already tell me stuff. Uh, but that's where that police officer, but why are you, why are you being nice to him? It's like, everybody needs somebody to be, you know, it's about inspiring people, not just taking them down. And that's the part of the job that I like. Oh, well, quit. She's <laughs> just like, yeah, speaking of that, I don't want overtime, right? I got to get the hell out of here. And then he remembers, oh my God, the job. And goes back, and in super speed, he does. I just end love up the idea, though. He he gets the rods, and he does all the work in there, and they get back. Hey, well, I'm impressed. We're like, you know, we weren't even gone that long. But the thing is, it feels like it's been a while now, and just like foiled by free food again. I'm like, you bunch of layabouts. Yeah, they said they're a couple of hours. They were eating these. Be- if this continues with it's the most job, amazing thing ever, they better get really big. They better then say, like, at one point, "Hey, free food? No, no, no. we got to hit the gym. 
we got to go. We ate hours of free food. Now, here. How do you feel about this? So now that Wally's done his job and the other layabouts have finally come in to do the rest I of their job, like he's like, this. I know I'm what going, you're going to say. I'm going home and I got barbecue planned for my family. I'm going to go get it. And when you look at him, like, looks like the kids got some soup. They're cutting up some kind of roasted yeah. potatoes. No, like, what I barbecue. don't like is he just went to stop Heatwave from burning up a kid. Hey, barbecue. what are you eating? Barbecue. <laughs> Like he's like, this reminds me. I love barbecue, and goes off. What's that whole thing where you have ideas know based on things like. you've seen and stuff like mm, that? It's like it, you know, it's just one of those things shit. that stay it's in his mind. You know, I'm telling he you, it's like, it. the kid's hair was on fire. He's like, smells like the barbecue. Now that's a fire. He's yelling in there. Uh, I actually thought they were going to do something with the smoker in the backyard, but it's nice, and and I like the. I, I had a smile this whole time, even though I don't know what the kids are eating. But like, hey, Dad, you got the sauce in your face. That's why your mom likes me. I'm saucy. Dude, hey, I want to do more with it. the West That's family. Right. She Just likes me more. This little bit at the end, though, it's like, you know, Daddy, your face. I'm like, she's Jay. I can't help the way yeah. I look. He's got, like, ketchup on it. It's I like know. a great little dad line, though. Yeah, and, and if like, it is know, ketchup, I don't likes know me saucy. people like that they're having barbecue and he's got mustard on his it's shirt again, and ketchup on his face. They're not face. having barbecue. They're having some kind of roast with potatoes in the bottom. And the kids are eating soup. And, and salad what the hell is that i mean really uh but yeah i i think the kids will get more involved as as we go on this is kind of setting up you know his job and setting up some things we have a nice little heat wave deal that again this is only really i mean if you really want to look at it as a whole dc deal it's to send you know mick off to yeah, the to suicide, suicide squad. squad but it was a two-part story that was Which really is funny. good. It's not even to send Mick to the Suicide Squad book. It's to send Mick to the Suicide Squad in the Swamp Thing book. Yeah, in the Swamp Thing book. But with that, it didn't feel forced. Like, we have that Suicide Squad book, the regular book, and a lot of people, oh, my God, we're crossing over. We're doing this. Oh, this feels wrong. Never once did I sit there and at the end where we see Amanda Waller come and get Mick think, oh, man, we wasted two issues just for that. It was an extra addition oh, no, that makes no, sense Not overall. only that, this is a great status quo to show you how Wally deals with his villains and likes to get down on their way. It's almost like talking to a child where you want to get down on their level, but it's almost one of those things where Wally does care so much about these people. He's, you know, he was the Flash for a good 20 years if, you know, around that kind of time. I don't know the exact time, but, you know, this just harkens back to me from the Flash of the 90s, especially the 2000s for how he reacts with these people and stuff. I'm like, this is what I've been missing from The Flash. Like, bringing Barry Allen back, a lot of people love it. A lot of people love Barry Allen. I'm like, it's one of the biggest mistakes ever because Wally oh, West is The Flash. You're one of the biggest mistakes ever. Take that. That's Stop for it, Barry. Mom. That's for Barry fans out there, jerk. Uh, I also like the idea that they do set up, and I don't know how it'll play out, whatever happens to Heatwave in the Suicide Squad deal, but setting up the idea, I'm going to get a guy to check you out. We're going to figure this out. To maybe find out, well, we don't know where he is. He's not in jail. What? And maybe get Wally involved with maybe helping him out. Suicide Squad stuff. I doubt it. But it does set up that possibility that he would be pissed that he ended up sending off Heatwave to be rehabilitated. And they just shoved him to go against Swamp Thing. Uh, but, yeah, at the end, Amanda Waller comes and says, hey, uh, you know, Mr. Rory, uh, what I want, Mr. Rory, is to give you purpose. Oh, shit. The heat mm. is on. It's yeah, on the, the streets. It is on. It is on the streets. I really like this. I really like that. I think the art's really good. I like the humor parts of it, but I also like that it mixes, you know, dark and light in this book. It's not just Wally going around telling jokes. There's jokes there, but he also shows the heart of it. And and really, I see a lot of people. I see a lot of people talking about, you know, what books are good now and and on Twitter and things like that. And if you're listening and you're one of those like that, you think that Nightwing, which we'll talk about later, and you know, just a spoiler, I do like this issue better. But if you like Nightwing. 
you can like this book for the exact same reasons. It's very, very similar. They go really well together. There's more heart in this than Nightwing, though. Well, I'm saying if they already like Nightwing, then try this out because I don't really. It's weird. I think this is one of, if not the best book of ongoings. Like you said earlier, it's solid. We've had really good issues since the whole Death Metal and the Infinite Frontier deal. So did you just slap five to yourself, you loser? Yeah, and uh, look at you. 2002 called the high fives are back. You end up with this whole deal. They never left. Give this a try if you are, you know, enamored with the Nightwing book. And I saw a lot of people who are reading the Nightwing book because, well, I don't really read a lot of DC, but I'm checking out this because it's Tom Taylor. Check this out as well because it's just as good. Like you said, you think the heart's here even more, and and I might have to agree because I really, really do like this. What did you give it? Oh, it's a weird thing because, you know, for how I feel about Nightwing and the disconnection about how I want to feel the feels more than I actually do from the book, I get that from this book. But the weird thing is I feel like we're doing more in Nightwing for the status quo of that character than we are now. We're just setting up a re- Reestablishing the status quo of Wally right now and reestablishing, like, you know, for people who haven't read Wally, like who he is and how he reacts to being the Flash, stuff like that. I like that. I just feel like we're doing more in Nightwing with the status quo of that character in Bloodhaven, what he's going to do going forward. Here's just like business as usual for the Flash, but I happen to like that business. So because of that thing, I'm going to go to an 8.5 out of 10. I give it an 8 on the side. I'm going to go up to an 8.5 because I like it as much as Nightwing this week, but for different reasons. Like, you know, people are always going to say the heart and the connection to the Bat family and all the stuff with Nightwing. I personally don't feel that, but I think the art's great in that, and I like other things about it. This, the art's fantastic. The heart is there. The family element, which is I've missed so much from The Flash, it's all here. And even though with all those elements that I like, there's not a lot going on in this issue. It's kind of a low-key, like, oh, Heat Wave, stop doing that. Thank you, Heat Wave. Got to go do work. Got to do family. But that's what I like about the book. Yeah, I'm I'm giving it a nine. I'm going to, you know, you'll see later what that matches. But the, the idea matches, I said, because of Heat Wave, Eric. That was a pun. You end up with all this, and like you okay. said, I agree fully. The thing is, a lot of the stuff going in the Nightwing book, I think it's very crowded with it. And a lot of the stuff, this actually gives that idea where I keep saying the fan service for fan service, you know, only. It's not really pushing. This doesn't do that. Jeremy Adams isn't sitting there and going, like, hey, remember this that Wally did before? I That's do. cool, right? Remember <laughs> this? Cool. Like, you don't end he up having you, you don't end up having the Titans show up and every oh my god, he's so loved. What you're doing is showing that through the story, through the family at the end, through what he does with Heatwave. All that wrapped up in the one. I think that that's better served here than what is going in Nightwing. Now, fans of either character can love all of that because that's why they love the character. But this one, I have to give a bit of kudos as well because overall it does feel like this is just to get Heatwave off to the Swamp Thing book where the Suicide Squad is going after him. And boy, it didn't feel forced at all. It felt like a classic type story, and I got the feels from it. So it's, I'm it's just go. weird because the idea, because with all the stuff in DC Comics where you get multiple issues of like different characters, like you have like you obviously like a Batman, Detective Comics, and different things like along those lines, or a Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps. If Barry does come back from Omega Earth and you know wants to have his own book again, I wouldn't mind if you know Wally moved to Keystone City and like Barry was Central City or something. But you had like. The Flash book, because it's not often you get multiple Flash books, but you had the Flash and maybe go back to the Flash, the fastest man alive book or something along those lines, because it'd be cool. I, I think Flash fans deserve more than one book a month anymore. Flash, son of Cal-El. It, it works, Eric, right? It, it works not. so well. But yeah, no, I would love to have both because there are huge Barry fans and huge Wally fans. And I would love to have those, too, because then you could even have those crossovers. And then we could have there. fights. 
Yeah, we could have some cool times. We could I'm yell and scream about at being each a other. Dick about it. I'm like, I just want my Wally book well, compared to that Barry book. Thing. I'm a Barry <laughs> fan because I have more I of an experience you. with him. Oh, we will. But with that, you always said, and everything you said is so funny because of why I love Nightwing. It's really I love Dick Grayson. Why? Because he's a great guy. That that's his superpower. It's kind of Wally's as well. They're very similar, and they go well. You go together. anybody with that original Teen Titans crew, crew all grown up. Like they're all great characters. Yeah, yeah. So I still gonna, love Roy. I still love Don. I still love oh, Garth. Okay, I can do it. I was going to say, most of the time, but he, he, he gets a little sexy. You don't get I enough Aqualad anymore. Right? He's just kind of like replaced, and he's just off in Atlantis doing Atlantean things. Mm, you know, he's building towers and things like that. Right? We got all that going on. Who's Nark? Uh, oh. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. But we're going to go to the next book, the second book, and last book in this section. It is Superman and the Authority, number two, written by Grant Morrison, art by Evan Cagle, Michael Janine, Fico Asio, Travel Foreman, Jordi Belair, Sebastian Chang, Dave Stewart, Alex Sinclair, and Steve Wozniak. There's a lot. I didn't even realize. A lot of artists on this book because each character you end up getting a new art team. And, and I that's the way well. to do it because we talk about it all the time. If you're going to have multiple artists, that's the thing. I said, obviously, you said about Bat Cat this week. I yeah. wish that the timelines had like, different even artists. Obviously, if you page through, you can tell that it's going to be an art style, especially because of how much I like, you know, uh, the Superman sections with, you know, Manchester Black and stuff like that. But when you go into the individual recruitment for it, like you have different like art styles. And because you separate the story and you go to these separate characters, it actually works so it well. It works great. It really does. Now, this is one of the least likely books for me to enjoy still. There's a Grant Morrison book written for 5G and shoved into Infinite Frontier, but seemingly not given enough issues to do more than set up the team. So why do I like it? Because it's fun and unique, and I really like the team so far. Plus, Morrison has made me like Manchester Black, and that's no small feat right there. I still hate his ass. I, I laugh so much at him. This I like. He's one of those that you kind of like to hate. You kind of deal. This issue is oh, sure to throw like to people his off. Yeah, his ass. This issue is sure. Wow. What about the rest of them? <laughs> this issue is sure to throw people off with its split up narratives, but it's like a reintroduction of these characters as they. Supposedly head off the action comics to help Superman fight War World. And that is the kind Can't of see deal. It. Can't well, see it. I don't what it is, says. I'll just tell you the idea is in the action comics, Superman asked them to go to War World with him, and they said no. He has nobody you to mean go the Justice with them. League. Yeah, the Justice yeah. League said no. We can't yeah. go. There's too many things going Bunch on here. Jerks. Seemingly, that's why in my mind you have the Atlantis. So that sets up the idea. Well, we're the World War Three is about to happen. We can't go. Come on, we have to go. This is where we have to go. We have to do this. And they all threw shade at him and said, No, we're not going. And that is what they are claiming is the setup for then Superman to go. Now, this is old man Superman. It doesn't make sense. It's not at five G. But 5G didn't happen. You just we're just gonna have to go with it. We may even find out that this is a Superman time even the from idea the future to recruit them to go again, up with the younger can, one. Now you say that. Now that's an interesting prospect where this is going on concurrently with our Superman of Action Comics, almost like the idea of like you know Midnighter in that weird backup where he has that bootstrap paradox where he's constantly going back in time. It could be the start of that here. With the, I with think the authority it is of Superman because. Inside with the source material in the action comics, we have that piece of the source right there, the Genesis, whatever. I forget what they call it, the Genesis piece or whatever. When when that turned some guy into a kaiju and then Superman went inside that kaiju's mouth and there was that entire world inside there and it was showing you that Superman symbol that something was coming. That's the Superman symbol of the authority Superman that we're dealing with right here. So that could be a tie-in where something is going on outside of our knowledge in action comics. Yeah, which that's now what that I you think is that, happening. That can now be okay. it works, right? It works. And, and with that, 
you end up having this Superman whose powers are wonky. He's trying to figure this out. They're diminished and, completely and, almost. Yeah, and he's going, well, that's the thing. He still seems to be lifting a ton, a For ton a of weight, of time. just not what he usually does. And again, this is where you get that quote, which is weird because he's, he's testing himself out. He's seeing what's going on. Manchester Black comes in. Oh, man. Look at you, what's going on? He's like, yep, just me, the samurai in autumn. And it's such a weird, oh, weird comment. Lied. It is a Pet Shop Boys song. He's a fan. Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, he must be a fan. Of and the the lyrics, very few lyrics. There's three lines. One of them saying samurai in autumn. But the other, it's not as easy as it was or as difficult as it like, could be. Like West End Girls? Yeah, yeah, it's West End. But it, it is a kind of a funny comment because what he's saying is, well, I still can lift way more than a lot of other people, but it's, it's still harder than it, it was. And it's it's just thrown out there. It was just a weird thing because I saw some people it's having problems line. with that. It is. But Manchester Black, I don't know. He seems like more of like a punk fan, but that also goes with the Constantine stuff. But, you know, he likes the Brit pop and he likes the, you know, the West End girls. I was going to say he likes the Pet Shop Boys. <laughs> but yeah, so that's why Superman says it. He knows the room. Now with that, there's a weird disconnect, and I didn't even think of it, actually, when I was reviewing it. <laughs> we left issue one with Manchester Black seemingly and I was stealing about out that. and whatever. And, and I what guess... that meant, because you and I argued about what we both had different interpretations of whether or not Superman was knocking him out or he has a weird thing where because he's such an alcoholic, because he can't drink anything that's non-alcoholic because it fucks up his system. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. We're moving away from that. It's never brought up. But again, in this, you even start out with Manchester Black seemingly hating himself as much as you hate him, where he's smoking. He's like, why won't you I can understand kill that sentiment. me? What do you don't have the nuts? That's maybe and the reason I hate Manchester Black. So you're not you? myself. I don't think you'd ever wear like that Union Jack shirt, but you look pretty cool. Do you want me to wear right? a long jacket and an American flag you're shirt? Pretty cool, yeah. Do that and then go no, out, right? Go out and get yelled. You end up where you know, like I said, he's testing himself. He's doing that, but really, all this is is recruiting a team. And in my blurb there, I said a lot of people are already saying this book's bullcrap. We're not going to have enough time. Well, that's because. This was going to be a series that never happened. And I think that and they just are become a setup book. I think they are shoehorning it in to set up a team recruitment and give you ideas of the characters. And if I just look at that, I like it. I a like lot of people are pissed off too because here. this isn't the authority they wanted. It's a I new know. authority. Yeah. Well, again, it's seemingly like, as, I don't care about the authority. Yeah, I like no. this one. And again, it's seemingly Superman who, who he's kind of and there's the thing too just imagine this for most of this part here he gets manchester black to go out and recruit and he's not out and about as much and i think that's the case he's also not in the regular fortress of solitude he's in this other deal and i think that that's because he's got to lay low a little you know he might be not that's of such a weird idea just... because to think about where he is at right now because when you see him doing the fortress of solitude things you just imagine it's the fortress of solitude but now if we go with the idea that this might be a time traveling older superman has come back to try to stop something from going on because our current day superman wasn't able to so they're doing the authority kind of thing which like i said before might start up that midnighter backup which i think is nonsense but the idea though where would he be? And if he is a time, like it, maybe the entire fortress as we know it is the time travel device. It says Fort Superman. It doesn't exactly. say the fortress. So it's something different. Because this, just having this the certain just items a in here. Time because, traveling 
thing. I, exactly. It might be the the fortress itself is a time traveling device that brought this superhero. Supposedly, you know, hypothetically, we're just talking here, but yeah, we even when he has my favorite, like the late eighties, early nineties Batmobile that we have here. It's one of my favorite Batmobiles of all time. I'm like, why is this in Fort Superman? Yeah, because he's going and picking things out from the timelines there. But he also has this whole Supermobile. You know, his supermobile, which is awesome. It, it, it's a fun thing. This is It was stuff. awesome. I had well, as, I was a kid with the Kenner superpowers. It's so funny, but with that, that's a thing that like grant morrison could go real wacky he can do a lot of wacky things but that being that's cool wacky I, it's well, no, fun. the thing is it makes perfect sense for the idea of the supermobile as it is as something that you know is able mimics to use his powers all, exactly mimics all superman's power so and when he is powerless which this superman is becoming so the idea that you introduce this weird wacky thing a throwback from the 70s and 80s you know which is pretty much just made to be a toy you bring it back because it makes sense with the plot yeah seriously i tell tell everybody <laughs> Tell everyone how it uses his uh, his freeze breath. <laughs> He's inside the control <laughs> panel. If Superman goes there like it's a breathalyzer and blows at it, then the, the, the supermobile itself acts as a freeze breath. There's a thing that comes up and he blows into it and then it converts it into freeze breath. It's pretty funny. Supermobile. Yeah, supermobile. And, and in that, I do like that deal where, you know, this recruitment going on, all the stuff. You also looks like you might even have the TARDIS in there. Who knows? You end up looks all like you have the Titanic, too. Yeah, really. It's got a lot of stuff in there. It's pretty cool. Uh, the Columbia but Space again, Shuttle? It's stuff out of time. That is right? a police it's box. And the thing is, you say, you say that. And the thing is, not only does it have the TARDIS, it's not blue, it's red, it's police box, but. You have the H.G. Wells, the time machine yeah, right I'm next to I'm telling you, I think these are all hints. I think these are all things that are inserted here yeah, to make you not time realize. Here. Yeah, everything's out of time. Just Especially that my made me Batmobile. think. Now that you mentioned you have H.G. Wells' time machine, you have what would be the TARDIS. You have even what looks like a time sphere, maybe, uh, on that one part, too, where I think that he has been doing some things. I think that I that is completely that is, actually. the deal. I don't know. But oh, it but does. Um, the thing is, too, you say that if you look Beyond the word bubbles, the DeLorean's right there. That's the freaking Mr. Fusion yeah, on the back. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so there you go. I think Everything's that now a time travel device. Crack the code there. And right there yeah. next to it, I don't even remember what movie it is, but it's a weird Tesseract kind of thing going on in the background in front of that as well. Yeah, so he has a bunch of things out of time, but also ends up having one panel with like every cool time machine there ever yeah. was. And so, yeah, I think that this is him knowing what happens in the future and trying to get a team together, knowing that the Justice League won't go and Superman's going to need help. So I think that that's all that is. It all makes sense now. And it includes Midnighter. So that makes that sense. Who's currently time traveling. And when you go to the Midnighter deal, and and some of the things in this just makes me laugh so much. And it's stuff because Grant Morrison, he does go back and forth with some of these things of he's going to make fun of. You know, people who have their conspiracy theories online. But then he flips the switch and goes after other people on the other side of things. And I thought it was pretty funny as they go. The first deal is Manchester Black says, yeah, I recruited this girl, you know, steals it, you know, needs This is the weirdest part of the book for me because I like the recruiting process. Yeah, the the stuff with Natasha's like irons and steel and the idea of the Internet coming to life through this AI system. It's very Grant Morrison. It's over the top and the stuff like you even see it with different things. It's something I usually complain about. I don't think it's it's the worst part of my mind of this book. This is the worst part, but I don't don't hate it. How is it? And usually I do. It's so weird to me, the idea that, you know. Manchester Black is walking around with Superman talking about, I recruited this girl. And when they get to it, I happen to know for a fact you didn't do shit here. I'm the one who recruited Natasha Irons because they're old friends of mine. Why did we just go through that? And like you try to play it off like he did this. I just think Superman, you're supposed like, to show that he's a idea. piece of crap. I, I have the idea that what happened is Superman got a hold of Steel and that, hey, you want to join the team? You know, I mean that. Maybe even the part where it was like, 
you know, you have steel saying, well, I can't, but Nat would be able to whatever they would do. And then, okay. And then somehow Nat calls like the next day, Hey, am I still on this team or whatever? And mentions, sure, oh, love. this is cool. Hey, no, love. Oh yeah. I'm going to tell him. Yeah, I got her. I just recruited her. I recruited her. You jerk. It's a weird, it is a weird play. I think that the idea of it was like not to get Manchester Black anywhere near Natasha. She doesn't need to be near him. But. It's funny too with this idea of old man Superman though, because I really like this look of his. I thought initially I wasn't going to like it, but with the like the silver fox, you know, seriously, gray on the when side he and the, gets the way done, he looks, when he gets done doing the you know the exercise yeah. and he says, "Call me the samurai in autumn," I'm like, I am lost in those blue eyes. My oh my friend. god! I'm t- the thing Holy is, I crap, really end up good. liking this redesign of Superman, especially for this pseudo era with the you know the Earth twenty three symbol, kind of like Kingdom Come look for the similar stuff like that because it works with an older superman but for whatever reason i really like the way that natasha irons was in the titans book and that new steel costume that she had which it's been around for like almost like 20 years now that i think about but that with that long steel looking hair coming off it when she transforms here where it's just kind of like you know bland where it's just like she looks like a thin metal person i'm like for some reason it's not as cool as it was before i'm like i wish we would have gone back and used that other design because i actually think it's really badass and this one's just kind of all right, you just kind of look like John Henry a little bit here. I, I thought she looked a little like uh, Red Tornado Lois, and I can see too, that. Right? I'm like, yeah, it's it's not that great, but it's not again, distinct enough. No, it isn't. And when I when I read this part the first time, I was a little like, oh, really, we're going to do this internet stuff or whatever. But I actually, the second time and third time I read it, I actually started having fun with just I don't know. I not had even fun just the with the initial it, box just that the we deal. had coming out because this is. They are doing clickbait article headlines. And the thing is, I just imagine, this is all your fault, Jim, because you can't stop looking at those goddamn clickbait articles. And now there's an army of them coming after us. I'm s- serious. You have some jokes here. Now one is, hey, how come nobody remembers COVID 1 through 18? Okay. Too soon? I don't know. But when the one yells, here's, here's proof. proof the devil invented multiplication, I laughed so on that hard. Shit. I laughed so hard when they said that only because of you know these conspiracy theories that is ridiculous like a lot of them and you're like oh here Next we go president's and, mother's an alligator yeah and again why i like the multiplication as well too is because a lot of these you know so conspiracy theories go against a lot of times hard science and it's like multiplication was made by the devil 66 percent say there's no escape from whatever this is (laughs) i don't even know it just goes i actually laugh again i laugh just because of me yelling at you about your freaking you know stupid clickbait articles you can't stop i always click it's like you won't you won't believe who died i'm like oh my god jennifer aniston died this year now when you have the trolls show up and they're actually just a little too much but i don't mind it what they say i'm like how dare you at the one Look at the continental immensity of her butt. I'm like, how dare you talk to Nat like that? Yeah, really, they're mad. Without but, filter, she's the she's the hound dog we all know she was. Some superhero. I'm like, and she she fights them. She's going through them, and I love the hammer. That hammer is huge. Oh, so I love even the progression of the art where she's running down the hall. Blocked. I'm like, hey, ADHD is the superpower I have, and just show her grabbing. That hammer as she's running by was really really cool. Then she gets to the edgelords, and yes. It's starting to get a little don't. long in the two there. The joke now, now we have an SNL skit. You, you've gone a little too far, but I don't mind because he uses this to, it's again. It's funny too. I don't know if this is a term that I'm just not picking up, but when this is, behold, edgelords a turn. I'm like, are you, are you guys that like to try to bring yourself to the moment of completion, but don't actually do it? Because that's no, the only I, thing I know you're talking about. I think they're like to see them punks. They're just straight edges now. They're, they're just people with the, you know, just awful weekend. But with that, 
I like that. Number one, I really thought at this point with the Edge Lords, you were going to have the idea the of things. Like, have the idea of, you know, look at you. You're not steel, whatever. You don't quite go there, but you do have, especially, we hate silver skin because she's got silver. And it made me laugh. Now, with that, I did end up reading it again. And right after that, you had told me. That you ended up, in, and seriously, these people on Facebook and Twitter. Oh, my God. Do, do they realize that they're in this book? It's it's so funny because they end up both sides where you end up where people are furious seeing Nat as Steel. Not you knowing this who weird she situation is. where this character's been around for over 20 years. And like, this is just a weary knockoff. I don't know who this is. Or the idea that I'm tired of DC being so woke of gender swapping characters. Why can't we just have the guy? I'm like. Or even the idea, I know that, you know, like, you know, Nat is uh, Steele's daughter, but why do we have to have, like, and then people are like, it's, it's not, it's a not daughter. his daughter. I'm like, now, I know you might have just watched Superman and Lois, but come on, guy. Do you think that DC did this on purpose, that they put that out there? Because the people are reacting exactly people like the villains. And the They're the villains. DC's here. not that clever. And I, now I if Grant know. Morrison did it, then no. maybe. Grant because Morrison, obviously he's making did, a play here. Did he think of it ahead of time? Or he just knew this would happen because they're using that, that he knew that there'd be people that were so, you know, out of touch, don't know any. I'm saying stupid, Eric. They don't know. And they're going to attack her. So he he flipped the script in the story. It actually made me laugh when you told me that people it's were attacking insane. Nat. look at this comment, like, thread that I was on on Facebook. Just for, like, hey, what do you think of Superman the Authority this week? And it's just... There's a, obviously there's going to be people who know what the hell they're talking yeah, about. But yeah. Just, oh, I mean, yeah, the yeah. I, idea too is that you'll have the gatekeepers there. Like, come on, guy, how dare you know? Like, talk about like you act like you know comics but don't know what Steel's yeah. daughter. I'm yeah, like, I, oh god, you're gatekeeping. You're doing it wrong. And you're, you got it wrong. <laughs> it is the word. Uh, but again, both sides. You ended up having this, you know, on Facebook where people attack this book. Because, oh, look at what you're trying to do with this girl. Oh, this is ridiculous. This is a rearing knockoff character was created way before. All this stuff. And just the and idea. Yet, a that's what she's steal. fighting. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I like she's it, been though. here. She's great. And that's the thing is, I miss John Henry, but we've gotten way more in that over the last 10 years that it seems that we've gotten John Henry. Yeah. And I love it. And just, I'm telling you, it just makes me giggle that people reacted to this without reading the issue, obviously. obviously. Not even realizing that they're the villain of the story <laughs> that they're yelling about. It makes me laugh so much. So that shows. So that's how, badass here. You know what it shows? Looked like her previous like, design. Yeah, it shows that Grant Morrison knows there's universal hate for things. And it made me laugh. So, but you said it. That's actually the worst story of the three. And I still liked it because you go back to Superman and Manchester Black. And they're talking to, hey, I was the one to recruit it. You better up your game, whatever. And they go off to get in the, you know, the Supermobile. And you have, oh, what, Batman Envy? Because he's got that Batmobile, all these other bad stuff Supermobile. Yeah, and I love the idea, and we, though. And the thing is, if you know, you know about the Supermobile. It's not emphasized at all. We just happen to have the Supermobile, but it makes sense for the story of the Superman whose powers are diminishing. And Grant Morrison's going to keep playing some games here. And they make me laugh, where Manchester Black's putting together a team now. One part of this is great. Both parts are great. But the one part I love because it's you. Because he's he's thinking he's not just like, okay, I'm going to get the big names. I'm going to do this. He actually says, okay, we got the armored tech genius slot taken care of. All to you, obviously, he says. Because Superman says, I recruit. And then he's like, I scored with a powerhouse pair. Down on luck, all this. And, and pretty much the heavy hitters. And I like that he's trying to put this team together with some you know ideas of what a team should be, whatever. And then he just says, you know, and also... 
They wave the all-important diversity flags as well because it is Midnighter and Apollo. I thought that was funny. Also, later in it, when he starts talking about, you know, all the teams that he put together in the past and stuff that he used. It's cool that he mentions that, right? That's the thing is. I, this is, this I like is why it. I hate Manchester Black because whenever Manchester Black usually shows, I'm like, all right, I'm Manchester Black, mate. I'm going to put it together, the elite. And I'm like, oh, stop it, guy. You did in Teen Titans. I mean, that's all he does. Uh, but I think it's funny for him to just like throw it out there at Superman. You know, when you were getting a little bit older and I was a young bug and I missed the, the elite. Just the idea, though, for every elite that Manchester Black's ever done, I, I don't know if I'd get Manchester Black to put together my team because every time he does, that team is defeated. That's what's the funny thing. That's what I, I get the idea, too, that that's really – and the elite throw out. And Superman last issue pretty much saying, I hate your guy. Oh, it yeah. shows the desperation and who he has to deal with. To get this because maybe it is the idea that anybody else really might cause you know a problem or it would get around or whatnot but with all of this you go off to apollo and midnighter and the title of this one is apollo and midnighter are hard and it made me laugh. Sure I mean, it just made me laugh and again very grant morrison-esque with what is going on here where they are on a mission that they have to go stop this Amalgam monstrosities that have taken kids and using them for spare parts to make this well, multi-brain deal. I, I don't know how anybody really. It's one of those things of the idea of like one of my biggest things. If I was ever a DC writer, if dreams ever came true, but like if I was doing a Batman, like is that your I, dream or is it mine, Eric, for you to do that? I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe both. But the idea, like we talk about it all the time, like I am never putting Riddler in shit because writing riddles that like mean anything that are clever, it's the hardest goddamn thing to do. So I'm never doing that. Now, if you're going to write Midnighter and Apollo, but especially Midnighter, you got to come up with a way for a bad guy to outthink freaking Midnighter. It's the hardest thing, one of the hardest things to do in my mind. And when you do it here where Midnighter's are like, you know, he's got the fight computer brain. He already has all the steps laid out, every possible way that things should work out here. And he knows how to win because that's what Midnighter is. And that's what Midnighter does. But when you have this weird monstrosity and the thing, that, the reason that it can do it, because you have all these children's brains interlock together, too. exact side children, and you interlock together to the point where you have built yourself a multi-brain computer, now it has the processing power to outthink men. And I'm like, well, you did it, but like, how often can somebody do that I know, really and you know way? what's funny? You know what they usually do, and this is why I like this. Usually they just have, the, like they're the doing now in the backup. Out. Fight computer goes out. That's yeah. how you usually do it. This doesn't do it that way. In the meantime, you also have Midnighter, who's trying not to spoil what he got Apollo for his anniversary, but Apollo has found some things, has obviously found Manchester Black's matches because Manchester Black went to go. And I even like that, just the stupid the thing. Squabble. of like, Yeah, he's like, hey, uh, I found matches. I don't smoke. You don't smoke. I you found know matches. It's our anniversary today, right? <laughs> and he goes, nobody smokes now. They vape. You're right, Midnighter. It made me giggle. It and the worst part is, it made you giggle. It made me feel old because I still smoke I and won't go to vaping. Well, I don't smoke, Eric. My body's a temple, right? Just a real big temple. But yeah, with that, you even have Apollo throughout all this. He's like, I know you cheated on me with that vampire choir boy guy. And I'm like, that's fun stuff. That's like, like a Star Wars thing. And again, that is, before. is that Awful, Andrew Bennett? Yeah, maybe. That's what it's at. But he's like, no, no, no. You know, it's cool. And he's, but they're trying to fight this deal. And you know, he doesn't want to say, let's get this job done. But in that, you have Apollo. And it's very, again, very Batman, Superman-esque, where you have Batman he, he, with Midnighter. He's he's doing the all the uh, machinations. He's trying to make a plan and whatnot. And he has the fight computer. And when he gets in, in big trouble, he has the heavy hitter Apollo come in. But Apollo, he doesn't like what they're doing. 
He says, yeah. you know, this is dirty work. This is this isn't us. This is making us worse. I don't like the feeling like, of this. It might Even not be the idea. Power, but it's definitely a midnighter. Yeah, yeah. And then when they're doing I mean, the idea that they are where he says, I'm going to have to kill this thing. I know that they're but they're kids and this doesn't feel right. And he even says earlier, we always do better. It's like a, a meta thing as well, where you would see people in chat lines like, I like Midnight and Apollo, but they're always better on a team. Yeah, they thought he says this and he's like, I need this. And so as an anniversary gift, it's like it's like the sweetest, awfulest thing that I've ever seen anybody get. Hey, for our anniversary, I got yeah. you on a team with Superman so you can shut up about him for once. And I just to add so on nice. the idea, you're on a team with Superman, somebody that Apollo idolized, stuff like that. But the idea, and that's sexy dad Superman, not skinny <laughs> next gen. That made me laugh. Again, that works Silver now Fox again. Superman. And it works now again at the moment, but it would have worked even better where we would have had John as the regular Superman fully I in the 5G like this idea and the of, old of, man. Of how it works. So not even that, because I well, still you works, went, though. You went next gen with the idea of John. I was just thinking of like New 52 Superman for how yeah, it worked yeah. out. But I, I think that this would have been the John. And again, John right now is Superman, so it works but again, anyway. You, you but... had the Wildstorm version of Superman and Apollo if there were a couple of them. With the ultimate, like, the fight computer is pretty much the world's greatest detective, but the idea that Midnighter's already discerned what Apollo has gotten for the birthday, and the idea is like, and with that in mind, it's only teenage kids and you who like Drag Race, so tell me you didn't, like, I bought you black leather roses <laughs> and a Drag Race down under shirt. I love... <laughs> Even that's sweet. I like that he got some leather roses. I'm like, he knows him uh, and the drag race. It is funny. He's like, you love that drag race. What'd you get so, me? Again, now, Apollo's a piece of crap like me with the anniversary gifts where you end up buying somebody something that you like. So it's kind of like a present for you as well. But I think the I I, I think He's the other, that, that, that I, drag I think race the other play. Oh, yeah. I think the other play, though, is, is that Midnighter doesn't give out a lot of things about himself either. So you end up, they probably watch Drag Race together. And I'm telling you, Apollo should come back and it's like, you watch it every week with me. I thought you love it. You, no, no, again, Apollo, you love it. I again, just sit there's there. no way in my mind with, you know, Midnighter's fight computer that he can't come up with a way to get out of watching Drag Race. I know. <laughs> I think that Apollo thinks he likes it. But yeah, you pull out of the deal then because that's when Superman and Manchester Black show up. And, you know, they're shaking hands. Apollo is a fanboy and it's like, oh, my God, I fashioned myself after you, you know, kind of killed some people along the way. But that wasn't because of that. You know, you were my inspiration. Midnighter comes like, I never heard about you until this fanboy told me. But, hey, <laughs> give, give her here. And it's pretty funny, too. And I love that he says that. I don't believe it. And even no. Superman's like, good to see you again. <laughs> it just made me laugh. I really like the way that Grant Morrison's writing all these characters. Now, with that as an aside. It doesn't seem like when they go, it's going to be Philip Kennedy Johnson. And I'm worried because I'm having so much fun. And oh, I yeah. love the characterization. I love the clever wordplay and the things like that when you just go into a couple pages of Midnight or Apollo. And even if you never knew the characters, you know that they are a couple know all about like all of that works out so well. And then again, you end up having the craziest lines from Manchester Black. And he's like, ha! The world's gayest. And it just made me laugh the way that Brett Morrison's just throwing it out there. And he's like, hey, I can say that I'm 48% on my mom's side. It just made me giggle the way that he just throws it out there without any sort of like, you don't have to explain it. It's just funny. And Manchester Black's a piece of crap. So with that, they end up going off and saying, okay, we're going to get this other person. And this is, you know, tough crap. We had to get the other characters first. To go this get is, this, this one. is such a weird idea to bring Enchantress onto the team. So we have a little like, you know, vignette of this whole idea of, you know, going through 
a revised version of the first appearance of Enchantress from Strange Adventures where her and her boyfriend Alan are going to a masquerade party. And then, you know, she ends up, you know, meeting this uh, Dezamor who gave the power. And that's weird because when like Enchantress first became Enchantress June Moon, and it was almost like a weird version of Shazam where she would say, instead of Shazam, the Enchantress, and then green lightning would strike her and she was the switcheroo witcheroo where she just looked like a witch. And it's like you have this kind of aspect here where you play it on a bit, but they change it up to the point of this weird idea of the Enchantress because throughout there, eventually she would go bad. The Enchantress became this bad magical thing that would take her over. But like her first appearance was a weird like like superhero that they were trying to do with that. And they took different steps with it. But the idea that you go through this weird alternate history of this and then the times that she spent throughout, you know, the 70s and 80s where she was in insane asylums and stuff like that, eventually going on the Suicide Squad. But you have all of these aspects going through here with the like, you know, revised versions of this. But it works out well because it actually picks up where our team go and meet Enchantress June Moon, who thinks she's in like an insane asylum. But the thing is, she's been in hell this entire time. Yeah, being and that's pretty what much, I like. And- pretty much being tortured by... Her thoughts about what has been like the uh, Zamor who gave the power stuff like that and different versions of different things throughout her life that keep getting twisted and turned throughout the story. But it's where we left June Moon where she was on the Suicide Squad when she was in a relationship with Killer Croc where she was sent to hell. I'm like, you did it, Grant Morrison. And, and I think that what I like about this, what I think is really cool about this is also it's it's very similar in my mind to, say, the Immortal Hulk over at Marvel where you are showing – all these things twisting and turning through her and then to have her at the end kind of, you know, manipulating things herself even and, and getting tortured and whatnot. But I also like the play, like you said, with the green lightning and things like that, where you have that green hue as it's going on and off and things. Like, I thought it was really I love the art. I thought the art was great. Well, even the this. idea when you have this, because they took a weird angle with this where, you know, Alan is a Satanist and brought June here to like make her the enchantress because of this. What the design and the thing is, it doesn't work out right just because the idea I'm a Satanist, but then there's a thing that's older than Satan that we decided to, you know, sacrifice you to. I'm like, well, you're not exactly a Satanist, then if that's the case. But the whole thing is, we're at the end of that first like appearance. I think it's only like seven pages in Strange Adventures for that weird, like, you know, you just try to make up a new character and hope it sticks back in the day. But the idea where like, you know, uh, Alan is more into Enchantress than he is June Moon. Like, oh, yeah, your boyfriend likes me more. And the greatest part about that, because at the end of that first appearance, there was a thing where, you know, he's really into this Enchantress. And June Moon's like, should I be jealous? Because he's really into me, but he doesn't know it's me. But he was into the bad version of her. Like, we're well, not bad, but like, you know, more of a sexy out, like the magical version of her, how it worked out. But there was kind of a fun little idea of this idea, like almost like Clark Kent and Superman. Like, oh, Lois is more into Superman than Clark Kent. But it was like a reverse where it's like, oh, should I be jealous that Alan's more into the Enchantress than June Moon, even though I'm the same person? Yeah, and I I even got the idea while I'm reading this, you know, and and you're going more deep into my knowledge of June Moon and Enchantress. But when you're talking about this, it, it kind of does give me that idea of, you know, the infinite frontier, the reset of the timeline, opening up of the timeline. It may have screwed with some people that they end up, you know, trying. She goes insane pretty much and is in hell and all that stuff. Maybe it's because of everything kind of getting together and her trying to in her insane mind and that split deal trying to work it out as well. I even like the uh, idea that they've revamped the original look of her as the switcheroo, witcheroo. It's a classic, you know, old style enchantress where she it. just looks like a pilgrim witch here. And I'm <laughs> like, it's it. great. I love it, too, because you have that pilgrim witch look. Even with the broom, but then when she like picks up her leg when she's with Alan, you see the garters. Oh, she's a bad girl, and <laughs> and even the, the you know the shade thrown at her. Then she comes out of that and like, oh my god, you're you're pregnant and the insane son. Oh, we're gonna have to do a lobotomy. Oh my god, pulls out of that and all that going on. Like I said, this could be a fr- and and here's the thing: 
June Moon always has a fractured mind oh, yeah. with the Enchantress. What happens then when you do have an infinite frontier where all the things open up or whatever? This could really set her off into the deal. And we'll see how this and goes even that because- though, because it doesn't even matter if that is the case, because honestly, she's just in hell where she was, besides for like a weird appearance in that weird Joker one shot, which didn't make sense. But for them, the last incontinuity thing that we saw in Suicide Squad where she was and dragged to hell. That's cool. And now our team go and find her in hell to recruit. I'm like, you're saving June Moon from hell. I'm like, that's badass. And doing yeah, all and, this cool stuff where, like, where they come in and, yeah, say, and twisting and turning stuff through. Like, well, you, you're pretty much Grant Morrison. This it's funny. You're like Grant Morrison is doing Grant Morrison in a clever way of taking what's old and making it new again. And what's weird about it is usually Grant Morrison leaves us behind on things. But for some reason, this book, and this whole issue it. to me, he's really grabbing the things. First off, I can look at a progression and kind of get some ideas and have some fun with it. But the character work is great, I thought, even even with us not liking that. And really, the Nat part oh, is fine. more of the other things where she's reacting to them. Not as much. You don't really get a you ton can still of giggle Nat. stuff, though. Like, you and me, like, it's really like you can roll your eyes at it. But you, talking to you about it, I can giggle about it yeah. and have fun just because, like, yeah, people are awful. And you know well, what? You're kind hilarious. of awful, too, with your quick I mean, nonsense. Hilarious. I just, I need... You know, I, I would have liked a little more so people who didn't know that would get it because this really feels like an issue where, OK, we're going to get these characters together. We want you to know kind of what we're dealing with the characters, a little bit of a background before we go. Nat, it's just basically, OK, steal. Here she goes off. But it was still fun at the end, though, when they come in and you're like, OK, look at that team. I'm like, I, I kind of like this team now, especially because Superman not really fitting in this. This well, is not the only authority. that, but this we got to get the new version of OMAC on there still, too. Yeah, yeah. So I think, again, I said we're going to end up just using these four issues to get the team together. It may not end up panning well, out well in action that we comics. Have to get this. That's the thing is I think we only need that new more OMAC. I mean, well, people we have team, that, you know? but we only have two more issues yeah. and they're going to have some of the next issue getting June Moon out. So what I would think is next issue, you get that OMAC character type deal, get her out of hell. And then the fourth issue would have to be the setup of where this book is going after that. Hey, we got to go reveal a bunch of things to go off probably to War World, as they were saying. Um, yeah, and it's a shame because now I want more that. Grant I Morrison. I right? say that I actually do think we're supposed to get that Speedster too. Now that I look at that one cover from last issue, like first the first issue's cover and stuff Not like that. We're looking at things left to, to get these things. But if if the next two issues are as good as the first two, I'll be upset oh, that yeah. we don't it's get to continue. But I do like it. I like it Especially a lot. Especially now that you and I have you know discussed the idea and broken things down with the idea of an older time traveling Superman who's coming back to make sure that something works out right that didn't work out for him. And I'm like, this even the way it's added and like, you know, with the little things in the background, what you not might not take notice to because I didn't at first until you and I started talking about it with the idea of time travel because I was just thinking about you talking about, oh, this is just like an action comics. He's doing this to do this. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense for what we have with old man Superman. But now with the time travel aspect and now <laughs> as we're talking about in pages, I'm like, it's right there on Fred Street. It's all up in your face. I'm like, that's good. How about this? Future state, Superman went off on his own. He went to War World. He got chained up. He didn't do shit, really. I mean, we yeah. argued about it. This is the future Superman going back to make sure that they avert that nonsense where he hits with the authority going or in there is it, that's and the we thing avert is, it all. Maybe it's just super old man Superman from our future that is on War World this entire time because he is an older guy in that where Midnighter is on War World trying to help him. Yeah, and I, I think that, yeah, I think that maybe this might be one of those where when we get to action, that could be the uh, things trying to get averted that it didn't work out and that man is i hope it's as cool as we're right? talking about i mean i'm telling you if, that, if this is the chained up superman from the war that finally escapes gets back here 
pretty awesome, right? That'd be real cool. So hopefully it is. Hopefully, because if it isn't, I'm going to be so mad at all the time travel stuff <laughs> that we saw. What are you doing? But it does feel that way. And if that's the case, again, the only thing I'll be sad about is that, and I'll never say this again, maybe, that we're not going to continue with Grant Morrison. Agreed. And, and even with that, isn't it a little weird that you mentioned the idea of having that kaiju that had this... Very Grant Morrison asked in what oh, totally. Philip Kennedy Johnson was doing, so maybe but he he's already setting us, that, us up. He, there. he showed us that, like you know, Kingdom Come, Earth Twenty Three, Superman Shield in that in the Kryptonian writing kind of thing. And we talk about the idea of this person's coming. Well, the dude's here, and looking at the lineup again, just to make sure. But no, like next issue, I still think we have to put Omac and Light Ray together for okay, this yeah. team to be complete. Yeah, yeah, and then. The last issue, Not I would the new say. New God Light Ray. New yeah, Light yeah, Ray. yeah, yeah. It's funny. I was looking up stuff of the New God Light Ray last night. But we ended up, you know, and then that fourth issue, you would think they're like, okay, well, this Let's is what we're going to do. We got to do this. We got to do this and get that set up to go off to Action Comics. And I think the only. What a cool team. It, it's funny, too, because remember when we were saying, well, I can see how this might set up the John Son of Cal. But really, I think that the only setup was that, hey, the new wave, you know, super. I don't think that's going to set up much. Uh, but the Action Comics, it seems like. If we go with what we hope and think, that'd be real cool. And with that, I'm going to raise my score. I, so gave it a, I. I gave it an 8.5 on the side. I'm going up Me to too. a 9. I really This like just became it. my book of the week, it seems like. I have a three-way tie. <laughs> when we get to the rest, I think. That's a spoiler. What but don't you love? I mean, but that's seriously, that is something that while we were even talking about Flash, I have to admit, remember last week, I, I, was, so, I was so sad at the end that I end up leaving and, and we stopped talking. Now, in a you know, behind the scenes type of deal. This is the end of our podcast recording for the week. This is the last book we're going to record. I want to talk about more now. I'm so excited about some of these books. I just, you need to space them out a little DC so I can like, like a lot of things each week, but, Boy, I, I really like books this week, and yeah, I'm giving it a nine out of ten. Yeah, I think books the are good. Really good. <laughs> books are great. I, re- now, I really like books. <laughs> it really doesn't take much to to wow me. It's just why does it seem like that? Why does it seem like it takes things? But also, it is true. And and just as an aside, when you when you have your buddy and you're talking about the comics or her or whatnot, uh, it does kind of make it that much fun you know it makes it a lot more fun and uh unfortunately me and you don't work together anymore and boy we used to have hours where we would talk especially when the books would come out that next and then day break things down like we would have had this epiphany earlier in the week but no we, we don't talk would've. about it anymore so and, that, and it was we'll a shame I thought, I thought earlier it's like you get more of the raw footage of me and you but yeah there's some dumb things that we say i'm sure that we wouldn't have screwed up that swamp thing last week oh god that's the thing is i actually wanted to do a little addendum at the beginning and talk about the idea of like if anybody's been listening to the podcast, you know, Rocky and Red brought it to our attention. We And, like, we had to go and look stuff. Why did I even we, say Swamp Thing? We screwed the pooch last week talking about <laughs> the, the Joker, Joker book and, like, yeah, the Buddy Samson it. and Billy Samson. Like, I don't know what it is, but you and I both messed up. And even a little bit on the Wonder, like, last week was a weird episode where my neck was messed up. I don't know what the deal is. I don't want to make excuses. But, damn, this is a way better episode in my mind. <laughs> yeah. I even, why did I say Swamp Thing? I can't even get away from messing up. I'm like Brian Michael Bendis here. <laughs> Uh, but no, like I said, it, it, it always it's so much fun. And I know that I even said to you earlier, I've already had people on Twitter and things and, and DM me and say like, oh, man, you like too much now. <laughs> like, really? Like, everybody Aww. seems to think we're miserable. Then when we like things, oh, I like when you're angry at the books. <laughs> Though I know that, like, there's a lot of people, Manship in particular, he waits and waits and waits and he loves when we enjoy books. So hopefully he likes, you know, this talk. But. 
Yeah, a lot of people didn't like this book. I saw people in the Slack saying that they were like just disappointed I was actually, because of the You were talking amount. to me about it earlier in the week and sending me little screenshots and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, I'm not going to like this book. And even thinking yeah, about when I read it initially, I'm like, remember on the on the spotlight, I said I thought you'd give it a six five. Honestly, I, really I thought, thought going into this, I, I said I was going to raise it. And I was thinking in my mind because I think I raised it again in my head before we yeah. got started. But I think I was at a seven five initially, but now I'm up to a nine out of ten for how I feel about it. And like. It's just a weird situation where talking to you about it is actually that much more because we could break oh, stuff my. down, come up with theories and do different things to make the book legitimate because the idea where you're telling me with your fears like, oh, it's just going to lead into action comics. Like, I fucking hate this book. Yeah, it doesn't make any goddamn sense. So mad oh, my God. But no. Man. If things were this again, changed, dude, there. it could all fall apart because I'm basing a lot of like what we're talking about on what my score is. So if things don't pan out like we're talking about, oh, this seems to go from cool <laughs> oh, to bullshit yeah. real quick. Well, it could. I mean, it is a weird deal that we're really pinning it on an idea. But you see that, so it's right up know, in your face. And, but I do like the art. I like the changes in the art that makes sense with the different characters. And I like and all I, the art that we get with those changes. I, yeah, I really liked it. I really liked it. and and just that June Moon Enchantress story. Just that old Enchantress look just it's made so me cool. smile. Just seeing that made me smile. So hey, that was a pretty good section. Pretty good, Eric. Pretty good indeed. But we're gonna go off right now and keep the fun going with more positive reviews, right, Eric? All sure. positive they are. But we'll be right back. Listen about a family who screwed in the head Eating human flesh, barely kept the family fed Then one day, Billy shooting at some food And an up from the ground came a buckling crude Cannibals, Texas Chainsaw, Beverly Hillbillies Well, the first thing they did was pay off the chick Framed old Billy, told everyone he's sick The court declared Arkham's where he's gonna be So they all got rid except for Uncle Billy Fall guy Idiot. Moron. Texas Chains. Wait a minute. It's uh, the Beverly Hills. No. The, the Samson family. The Joker. Well, he stares into the mirror, moosing up his hair. Blows kisses to himself, and he really thinks that tear is tear. Well, that's just every shame. Looking for a star screen or maybe a hot cap. Spends all his money buying all that crap. Well, that's just Eric Shea. That is Eric Shea, and he is here with me to talk three more books as we end the podcast with kind of the bat section. Right? Of course, Some it's of the bat, bat section. Family. I, I wouldn't say clown hunters, quite the bat family, yeah. but. We have a guest star at the end that is, right? Or is he? I mean, is is Clown Hunter closer to being Bat Family than Jason Todd? I don't know. I don't know, Eric, though. We is he get to be part see of the Hood family? He might be part of the Hood family. All you need to do is get Clown Hunter a crowbar, and we're no, all no, no. running, we're just, right? We're just going to push Clown Hunter off into Generation Outlaw with the rest of the kids at Gun School. Actually, we could do that, or it's just like they're like, okay, everybody's on with this Jason Todd, right? You ended up having Chip Zdarsky doing that thing We're in Urban Legends. Yeah, let's go. And it'll be Clown Hunter and Jason Todd 
taken down the clowns, Eric. Look, That's I'm telling you, at, at the end of the last series of Red Hood and the Outlaws, where they really tried to pull, actually, it's even Red Hood Arsenal, but where they tried to push Joker's daughter in there as like the new yeah. outlaw. Get kill her like, in, too. And the thing is, well, she's gone now. She retired, Jim, as we saw at the end of Red Hood and the Outlaws. I don't like to think Cloud that. I think Hunter, she's made a punchline now. And actually, yeah. I like to think now that the multiverse has rebooted itself into an omniverse. We have the classic, you know, Joker's daughter, and that other New 52 one is gone yeah. now. The, so it's the a original Dula comes and just yeah. keeps claiming that she's everybody's daughter. daughter's yeah. in town. I mean, she keeps changing all the time back in the day. But I don't think people I realize who that. Dula Dent is. Yes, she, she's trying to figure <laughs> it out. A penguin's daughter. She would just claim I love on that random. Bit. On a whim, she would just claim to be somebody else's daughter. It is. It's a funny bit. It really is. But the is. thing is, let's just get Clown Hunter in there. He could be an outlaw. We, we got Arsenal back now, or you know, Red Arrow, or just Roy. He, Black Lantern, if you want to call him that. He's back. Him, Red Hood, yeah. get back together. Go and get Clown Hunter yeah, in there. Heck of a team, outlaws right? Outlaws are back. Clown Hunter. I, I'm telling you, I wouldn't mind having Joker's daughter show up and like, hmm, what the heck is going on here with this punchline? I can get involved. You get Harper Row, get her she out never of that worked. prison's. Right? I know she didn't. She she never did. Uh, but with all of that, I don't know. You end up seemingly going to continue at some point with Clown Hunter and Jason Todd. So we'll see how that goes. And we end up having... Sometime after Task Force Z, maybe. Maybe. Maybe he'll be in Task Force Z. Who knows? Oh, no, I don't know. going to die? Yeah, maybe. Uh, but we have a, a bunch of books here. They are Bat Family books. So we'll, it'll work out. And in this, we don't have too many books tonight, as as everybody would know by now. Uh, so just because these books are in the second section doesn't mean they're bad. Me and you like these differing opinions, obviously, but there's some pretty good ones. And we're going to start with Eric, the book that everybody loves. Everybody's been talking about it down at the rec center. I haven't heard uh, anybody over there about it. at the malt shop. They're like, I'll have one of them egg creams. And hey, how about that Nightwing book, right? You can't escape it. I ended up where. I haven't liked it as much. You've been a little more positive than me, but not too much. It's funny because I'll scream and yell about it while we were recording, and then I'll give my score, and you're like only like point three, point five, over like point five. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not that much more. It's just we have different things that have annoyed us with it. I actually like this issue with this pretty much ending the first arc, and I thought that with that. It does end the arc pretty well. It ends up tying up some loose ends. And some things that I've been worried about, tent kids, Aaron, I can now just put tent aside. You, you can argue. Me and you were arguing before we recorded about the semantics You're so of worried it. about these tent kids, and I don't I'm understand why out of that, everything else that I'm we're I'm just glad with. with a guy who has a, a billion dollars. He even spells it out again, billions. And he's just like, ah, those kids will be okay. Uh, though he was going to put one kid and his dad up at a hotel, I think that when he ended up having the police come and and pretty much accuse Nightwing, he's like, I'm backing off here. I'm not going to get involved in this. This is kid what anymore. happens when you yeah. approach kids and say, hey, kids, I got some money. Want to come stay with yeah, me yeah, for a that's while? The problem. Don't do that shit, Nightwing. It Nightwings. did end up causing him problems. So I guess he's like, screw this. But again, I'm not going to sit there and tell you that for the next month or two as they're supposed to be breaking ground and building this stuff. Uh, that the kids Month are going to be two. living anywhere. Well, I'm guessing that with See all that next year, no, kids, with all we'll that money, going. didn't you hear they hired those Atlantean guys? Those guys come you up. You know what the thing is? Shit gets Garth built did, in like two days in those guys, Garth right? did build the New York Titans Tower with the freaking Atlantean technology in like a couple of days, so I guess it does work that out. That Atlantean embassy and all those other things, they were Spin built. Drift. They were built on a weekend. Yeah. So Hire them. Get them. Yeah. That's pretty good, well, right? That's the thing is Nightwing knows this, but not Dick Grayson. Well, that is true. But a Dick Grayson billionaire, I think a lot of people are going to get to know him. Uh, but at least – I'd like and, to. And the thing – yeah, really. The thing about this whole deal isn't just the idea 
that, oh, my God, Jimmy, you didn't yell about fan service because there's a lot of fan service here. But I like the fan service that pushes things forward, not shows us the past. And even me and you talking about it, the idea that you said before we recorded that you like some of these things that at least it's going forward a little and whatnot. And that's what I think this issue does. It gets rid of some of the, the chaff that we don't really I don't need to see them build this building for the kids. I just need to know that somebody's thinking of them. We're going to go forward. And I just like the idea. You're yelling. It's like the third issue of the series. Why is he not doing anything with these children? I'm like, calm down, man. It, it will happen. I said, though, the idea that you go to bed one night and there's kids outside. There are, and, Your kids and then, are outside and you go to bed. I have no idea where seriously. they are. Seriously. I'm not a decoration. I'm a jerk. He's not. And then I like to where they're like, well, why are you starting with that? He doesn't say like, oh, because they're kids and pretty, it's much, cold outside. pretty much their parents have been killed brutally, seemingly in front of them. No, no, it's getting cold. All right. At least you, Look, at least you address it's heartless that. taking people's hearts or if it's freaking blood, like a uh, bloodline. That's not even what I'm going for. But like the Bloodhaven PD just going around beating people to death because they're all corrupt. Bloodhaven is a bad place for everybody involved. But you don't want kids outside. This is what happens. Nightwing number 83. Do you know where your kids are? <laughs> do you know where I told you last night. No. I said I do. They're in some tent city. I don't know. That's what I heard. They're like, I thought that they said that the heartless took your you know your life i'm like no 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 my kid just said i have no heart i just let them i kick them the hell out buying too many madden points written by tom taylor art by bruno redondo adriano lucas and west abbott after feeling as if we've been getting fan service for fan service sake for way too long tom taylor continues in a way that progressed the story and showed that dick grayson is a hero with or without a costume on eric see you get it this issue got me back on board by tying up some loose ends and also giving me some feels plus the art is, is really, really good. Oh, it's I mean, the good. art is excellent, I said. Actually, my original, the art continues to be excellent, which is true. And you do start off with this idea that Blockbuster and Captain Obvious, the commissioner of Bloodhaven, <laughs> he is busting. I love to. They're there at the door, but he's still yelling in that damn megaphone. Like, That's just, the just I'm, I'm so yell. happy. I'm so happy you actually said the commissioner of Bloodhaven, just because whenever you talk about this issue, all you say is Captain <laughs> Obvious, and for like a week, I had no idea what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's hilarious. Look at him. Look at him with that hat on. He's there yelling in his megaphone as you have the whole riot squad there. So you got to make sure they can hear you. And, and what, I like, what I like about this is that continue to show i mean blockbuster is a heck of a mountain of a man right sure, and i love badass. where he's just behind them in the shot you, you can barely see his head because he's so tall so big you, you want to talk about how cool blockbuster is. he has the entire gc or gc the bloodhaven pd in here trying to you know break down this door because they know that nightwing is inside the mayor's house melinda zuko here and when they finally break in and he's going <laughs> after nightwing and just just walks through the wall and window he's so massive and badass i'm like I'm so happy, boy, like Blockbuster's back. Even then, remember the deal of the, the, the G, I almost said Bloodhaven PD's there. It, Blockbuster's the one who kicks in the door and, and does kind of say, okay, I'm giving you two minutes. If things don't go, I'm going in there. I don't know why it just doesn't go in there. But He's almost like the reckless police officer. Like, with like you got to hold back, Bob. I'll give you two minutes. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to get crazy. And with that, you end up Dick Grayson saying to Melinda, listen, uh, you know, I saw what you did. You're not good. She said, you you misunderstand. You, you don't know what I am. You know, we'll we'll get back to this later, but I'm not bad. You saw a lot of redactions in that FBI file. I ended up taking down two crime bosses. I am doing a good job. I'm doing things. And he 
ends up with the idea of, you know, detective stuff. He's like, okay, she's not breathing rapidly. He thinks that she's not lying. Now, with that, he's, he he's says, Tim Roth in Lightman. He's looking at all the signature marks. Like, there's no microaggressions here. I can tell she's telling the truth, or at least she thinks she's telling well, the truth. That's the only thing that gets me here is that he ends with either she is telling the truth, or she's, or really she's an excellent liar. Yeah. I'm assuming that somebody in the position of being under, like, she's an excellent liar. I, I would think she is because of even what she's doing on the up and up. So I think that that leaves that little bit of maybe she is. you got this weird is, idea in my mind because even from the get-go, I believe that she's on the up. Because we were doing it before it was even revealed here last time. I was talking about, what if she's undercover trying to bring all this stuff down? You are, like, demonizing her left and right. Yeah, I still, now don't, still, think, still, no, I still and, like, don't think she's fully I'm good. I'm on board. Nightwing's on board. I think everybody else is on board, but you just going to be a stickler back there. Everybody on board who's never heard of her before and all these things and how how this ends up where she's now the mayor and watch people get murdered. I still don't think she's fully on the up and up. I think it's going to be one of those gray areas. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those gray areas where she's willing to go a little further than Dick Grayson. We don't live in a black and white world, Jim. Well, we don't, but Dick Grayson (laughs) might. But yeah, with that whole thing going on, you know, I think she's going to be good, especially at the end when we have Dick Grayson give that big, you know, presentation on, like, you know, the press conference about what he's going to do with his money now that he is a billionaire. And you have Melinda's mother. I like him. I'm like, I like that. Isn't that a weird situation? Though? I like the like the son of my like you know baby d- daddy over here that I never met. It's like a weird like the idea that she likes him. Like, does she know that Dick Grayson is Jonathan Grayson's son? This part here, or is it like you know she just in the dark about this whole thing? Now, I but with that too, you end up having you know the sidekick. Uh, Melinda, I don't trust her either. She's bad to the bone. But I need to know more about yeah, her. Yeah, we need to know more. I don't even know her name anymore. Like, yeah, I forgot thing, it I think as they well. might have said it once. This, you said this it a couple arc. times, but I can't remember it either. Uh, yeah. But it's cool because Dick Grayson's like, okay, I have a couple minutes. Yeah, I can work with that. And it's, it's a very smart play here where Dick ends up tying them both up, basically like he interrogated them, and as if he's trying to connect, you know, Blockbuster the mayor to, to Blockbuster. the mayor. And that's, that's a really cool take. Now, with that, Blockbuster doesn't give two craps. He says, I control all of this. I control. And you have this. And this is what I'm His saying. Fist is the size of like you chest. said, like you said, though, you get to now see how imposing. I mean, yeah, he smashed the old mayor's head like a grape. But besides yeah. that, it's been kind of on the side. And it's been kind of that isn't idea that one of, of those things like the fan service of the past. where We just get to see Blockbuster for who will be. No, actually, I'm used to glad be. to see Blockbuster do it. The fan service that I don't like is. Oh, my God, did you hear Blockbuster was in the book? Oh, what, what did he do? Well, nothing really. We haven't seen much yet. We actually see the threat Still that what he, he used is. to do. We see the threat that he is here as he goes and says, I control the city. Everybody is on the take from me. You can't do crap, and I'm going to take you down. And then orders him to get killed. And you even have, like, you know, Nightwing is – it's funny, too, because he's talking a big game. And we hear through the piece, the earpiece with Barbara – He's in big trouble. He, on a good day, if Blockbuster can get, he's in big, and oh, he's yeah. hurt. He's hurt. He's been knocked around and all that. I don't that. trust anybody in this book. I mean, like the good guys, like I'll trust Melinda Zuko. I, I yeah. think she's on the up and up. Yeah, but up reason, there. When, we, when we get back to Nightwing's apartment and there's Tim and there's Barbara, I'm like, oh my God, Dick, are you okay? I know you just had two concussions in a small amount of time. Here, go to sleep. I'm like, what is wrong with you people? Don't let him go to sleep. Keep them up. They don't care about America. He's a billionaire. They're going to take his money. Who gets his money? That's the deal. I think think Dick's like, okay, what can I do? We have these tent kids and stuff. 
I better get rid of this money quick. Everybody's coming for me. But yeah, you end up even then where you do a very acrobatic move. It's really cool where he swings over to this police helicopter that is firing on him. Blockbuster. Funny thing is, Blockbuster is right next to Dick Grayson. Fire! Where does he go? He's going to take a He's fine. I'm telling you, when you see him going through that wall to get up to, it's one so of the badass. most badass moments. And that's what I want to see. I it's like he's nemesis here to yell stars. I know that what you're saying, and this is what I'm trying to explain too, the idea that that is fan service. I mean, him fighting, but it's you're seeing, you're seeing it. And even with me, there's new people who don't know that are just like, oh man, I heard the block, but you see how badass he is and how sure much is. he can do. And also with that idea where the police are left behind. I mean, this is fully blockbuster city right now. So, you know, you really see that through that. And then Dick doing his acrobatics gets out of there. What about that guy who's like, just put the handcuffs on. <laughs> like, what, are, what are these guys in the back? Hurt. What are these guys in the back going to say? The right? right here, not in the face. Seriously, what these guys well, have to—they're not going to say anything because Nightwing has already punched them and has them dangling from a helicopter. This guy doesn't want it, and I do like the idea that Nightwing can, because of all the expertise throughout the years, being Robin and just start flying a helicopter. I love it. Like, yes. Can we have this as a motion comic? And you see these guys hitting every building. As they go, it's like the, the big trope of somebody, the, the big trope of somebody on the, the, the table or the gurney thing in the ambulance and always hitting their heads. I need these guys bouncing off buildings and stuff. He's like, sorry, I have a concussion. Well, yeah, then you go back and, you know, Dick just comes in and collapses. Like you said, he has concussions. Two, you should at least. not allow him to go to sleep, especially yeah. for two Let's days. Let's get you to bed. I'm right? like, Barbara, you bitch. You found yeah. out about Starfire. Yeah, that's didn't what you? happened. He did. <laughs> like, I have Teen Titans Academy things. And it'd be funny is as you see the, the lids closing each time she's over top of them, I know about Starfire. Uh, but it's Daddy, cool. I, I just imagine that's the thing. You know, he goes to bed right there. He's like, thank you, Corey. Huh. Oh my god, that would be the worst. Good night. Dick. He wakes up. <laughs> he wakes up. He's all tied up. Uh he gets up and he's like, Oh my god, you know, I, I overslept. She's like, You've been sleeping for two days, dude. And that, you know, Tim's out patrolling, it's fine. No yeah. signs of heartless. And and that's the other thing. Not that we progress heartless anymore or anything, even by the end. The cliffhanger doesn't do that much. Well, but at least it's I like there. to think that he's a well-to-do guy that has a corporation. Well, that's and what I'm a, saying. We you know, have some under things. his, like you know, his control at least. That like you know, servants and whatnot to do his bidding. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. This issue to me, where people are going to be like, I loved every issue, and this one as well. This issue to me showed that like a little more care of what's going on overall and, and forward with the story. And I think that Tom Taylor has set up this first arc to be just, hey, everybody, Dick Grayson's a good guy. Look at him. Look how cool he is. Look at everybody loves him. This issue kind of puts things forward. And when you do see the Heartless at the end, you're like, okay, now this is a villain. Before, the guy was just in an alley. Then we saw him in the tent city burning shit and sending, you know, I think these are more villainous things than what we see. No, I'm saying, but you didn't really see it. He's got he's got a bunch of freaking hearts and containers behind him. He talks about there is a connection between him and Dick Grayson, but I think him, you know, killing people and trying to set children on fire is a little before, bit more villainous. But we only saw like two pages up until now, and now he, we see one. Well, I'm saying, but now, like you said, though, we see that he's well to do. He has yeah. people working for him. He's in some sort of you know penthouse apartment type deal. He Looks also like has a, a full, full out connection. To Dick Grayson that we don't know we're gonna have to find out like that's more that's more character work than he came out at one point with a gun that seemed to whirly whirly then that changed and even at the point he set the fires 
in the tent city, not to kill the kids. If you remember, he wanted them to go towards the pier and was setting up little obstacles for them. And it no, just never really were, played slow, very like well. Me as a kid and got no, set on fire. No, you just start sweating like and it was on also, fire. He's well trained and can take out Nightwing and give him a concussion. Yeah. Well, remember, he said Nightwing said he wasn't well trained, but he was real powerful with his meta powers. He must have just got them. He hasn't trained. He hasn't put in the work, but he was a, a heavy hitter. You know, and but again, he fights blockbuster. He knows heavy hitters, but he end up where he wakes up and he says to Barbara, "Yeah, I, I think I have an idea what I want to do with that money." I like. She's like, "What money are you talking about?" She's like, "I got some plans for that too." And he says, "I'm going to go and talk to the people I that do. I trust and love." And again. Flipping it around, a lot of people love when you saw the Big Bird Protocol. Everybody coming in. Oh my God, Dick Grayson's love. I, I know that. And even Tim Drake yeah, coming in. Yeah, I know that. This to me shows why and what because he does rely on other people. He's not like Batman. He goes and asks people advice and and want to know, you know, some experts of what's going on. Some and Leslie Thompson, Lucius Tompkins, Fox, yeah. the Teen Titans. Titans. The thing is, it's weird, too, because you have the new Teen Titans here as the main Titans group, as you've seen, like Teen Titans Academy, the, the teachers of Teen Titans Academy, or as I call them, the new Teen Titans when they first came out. But Cyborg, Starfire, Donna Troy, Raven, and Beast Boy, it's like, there, of course, there's Beast Boy. Of course, I got so many ideas for your money, dude. But no, I'm like, there should be a lot more people in this that like, because while this was a big group for the Teen Titans, I, I want to see the original Titans all come together, like his original friends. Yeah, we don't have Roy anymore, but like. What about Wally? What about Garth and stuff like that? I want to see them all together, just not this. The thing this that I thought classic iteration. Now. I wish that we knew the time frame. I think that he's putting together the Titans Academy. I think that that's the money he's using to do that, and that's why we have that set bunch of you know characters because those right. are the characters we see in the Teen Titans Academy of being most of the faculty. I wish that it did give you a time frame because I think that that's definitely what he's doing. And now we get that result. We have no idea before. We even joked that it must have been. You know, Dick Grayson with these billions that set that up. And I think that that's what we're kind of seeing. I wish it was pushed a little more. Lucius, I don't, I saw what he does later. I don't trust him. But even then, though, he goes to He's a trying very to make his city wide safe, field. Jim. <laughs> I like Lucius, like, I'll take that money, like, sign it over to me so it's safe. I love the monies. Uh, and by the way, did you meet my son, Jace? He's over there. Uh, but yeah, I, I like that. And then you get a more of a deal with Superman, which, you know, a lot of people know, but some don't, that they have the connection of the name Nightwing was inspired by Superman. So he goes to talk to Superman about things and if he's doing things right and whatnot. And again, this is all fan service, but I like this. This had feels to me, especially by the end of That's progressing it. On board. Well, progressing it with the idea of I'm going to be leaving soon. I'm going to go away. And a lot is going to be put on my son's shoulders. He's not ready for that. And please tell me that you'll look after him. And give them guidance and, and you know, uh, you know, mentor them and some friendship. Thing is, like, I don't like the aspect, even though I know we have the Superman Son of Kal-El book and the progression of John Kent and what's going to be from Future State where Superman goes off to War World. But the idea just seems so forced and stupid. The idea like, all right, I'm going to go and do this and no one's going to help me for whatever reason. But it's up to my son who has spent the last seven years in a volcano with no formal training in anything, no education and no emotional like support. He's going to be in control of all of these people. And I'm like. This is bad planning. Where's Supergirl? Where's Steel? What's, where's anybody the fuck else but your emotionally and freaking damaged son? Yeah. Well, I think that what this really means, I'm reading between the lines, uh, is that, hey, he only has one friend. It's that Damien kid that he's he your brother here. Uh, yeah, he's not good. I need you to step in. 
wink, wink. All that is is like if Damien, if you see Damien going anywhere near my son, I need you to stop it. He is an insane assassin murderer. Uh, but I liked it. I liked that idea that, you know, Superman seems a little, you know, upset and vulnerable here. But as well, he plus talks, it works with Tom Taylor doing both of yeah, Superman, works. So Kal-El we'll and probably this. see it. And I also like the idea. Hey, and, and uh, it makes sense. And I, I like the way he spells it out. Hey, you know, I've always looked up to Alfred. Pen- Alfred Pennyworth's a hero and he's like what you looked up them you and he's like yeah if it wasn't for him how many people would have died he raised so many good you it's know good heroes and the best is it's shade of Bruce at the same time because well, he didn't do shit but well, even that I love talk the about idea all the time. everybody knows that Bruce Wayne isn't their father Alfred was everybody's father and that's the thing that's what I hope like that being said I really hope that we start seeing some problems without it because you do have everybody miss Alfred. I'm but tired of seeing he's problems. Not there. I'm saying he's not there, though, to stop things. I want to start seeing barbecues. Well, I want to. It, it seems like Bruce is learning a little more. Even in this, he ends up calling him. And it's funny. No, they're no. like he, he is regressed more than ever now that he's hanging out with his college bro buddy. Freaking ghost maker in a garage. I don't know. So he's with the Bat family a lot more. At least Barbara's there to guide him. Uh, but, yeah, you end up having him like. Hey, I think I might text Bruce about this. And he's like, he doesn't really like to talk. Yep. And I Superman, that. I like Superman laughing. He's like, yep, the guy can face dark side and will avoid a conversation by any means possible. It's just fun and nice. And then you get, you know, what is, again, some fan service, but it does push it forward. The idea that Dick says to Barbara, I'm going to go do this. I'm a little scared. I'm nervous. I wish I had a mask. He's like, no, no, no. You got to do this. You're the hero here. And then she kisses him and, you know, says, go get him, boy wonder. But that sets up, ooh, are they going to date again? Again, that's the thing is we're setting something up and we're all like, it's been my problem since we saw her hanging out for this entire time. And it almost felt like, will they, won't they situation when in Teen Titans Academy, he is sleeping with Starfire. Well, that's the thing. That's Tim Sheridan. He's bullshit, number one. And this is the Nightwing solo book, so I'm going to go everything runs out of this. That Starfire stuff was Tim Sheridan <laughs> knowing nothing about anything else going on and was just going cartoony. Uh, but, yeah, he comes out and he says, I love that it's like a press conference at an open door. <laughs> he just opens the door. Hey, everybody. Hey, my name's Rick Grayson. Dick Grayson. Well, that's the thing. You're supposed to get to the place an hour ago, but he's Dick Grayson. He's a lady who's doing stuff. So then they actually just came to him. He opened the door to get there. Like, oh, here I am. Yeah. Hey, look at me. I'm a billionaire. And I'm going to fix it. Do what you this. want when you're a billionaire. You don't got to go places when you're a billionaire. They come to you. Yeah. And so he ends up saying that they're going to have the Alfred Pennyworth Foundation. It's going to end up doing a lot of stuff in Bloodhaven. And with that, too, it really was that, okay, Blockbuster, you paid off everybody, all this. Well, now I have a billion dollars and you're done because it is throwing it into Blockbuster's face as well. Oh, yeah. I'm all the stuff of, he wants to do. Yeah, I'm sick of this town being run by criminals, being run by people who can pay the other person off. We're going to change this. And Blockbuster, as he's killing some guy, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. Blockbuster, I, I'm you got to stop wearing white suits if you're going to get your hands dirty. Look at him. Uh, that guy's dead. That's actually the helicopter. The pilot, uh, and he ends up like, I'm going to change this, and we're going to do this, we're going to get it, and even says there'll be stuff around the world as well, but we're going to focus on Bloodhaven, and that's where you have Melinda's mom. I like him. All right, whatever. But again, you know though, who that is. Yeah, like, I like him. Well, he did come as Dick Grayson, and remember, he ended up getting changed into that other outfit so that he was presented there as Dick Grayson, mm-hmm. and he's doing this as Dick Grayson, so, you know, she knows the deal, but... You end up having that other sidekick over there. She don't look too happy. 
She looks sidekick. It's a bodyguard, and bodyguards aren't supposed to look happy. She looks pissed. If Eric. I had a bodyguard that was sitting there looking dopey and smiling the entire time, no, I'd I mean, at this, you'd be like, all right, well, what are you bodyguarding against? What, her mother? My body. Is your mother going to smack her? Uh, but yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know about those two. Um, but with that, all uh, the Alfred Pennyworth Foundation, then you get, you know, some text. I, I didn't need that. That's like the stuff I don't need, especially with, with Damien's like, hey, it's not a contest, but you win. There's no way Damien's ever really texting like those Cass's words. Things where it's I all know. emojis. Yeah, just too many because she ended up not knowing how it works. Right. And then I, I also, I like Tim's, but I mean, Tim, he kind of is there. You don't need to text. You're kind of hanging out with him recently. Uh, yeah, Jason, of course. You owe me money. What a piece of crap. Uh, but yeah, you know, and then Batman calls. And this is the real feels moment. He says, like, you know, Batman says, I know I'm sorry, but you, you, Dick, you honored him today. Thank you. As he's looking at a picture of them. And that is really nice. And, then and you that's go, where um, I got the most feels. Yeah, from the feels. Whatever it is with all the different stuff you do here between Barb, between, you know, Superman, all the different people in Nightwing's life. When Bruce does call and tells him, you honored him today. Thank you. And he's just sitting there looking at a picture of himself with Alfred when he is younger. Yeah, like, actually, I thought that it's, it's weird. It doesn't play out. I think that's actually Dick and Alfred uh, and almost like it was your dad as well. Like I, I don't know because you never Maybe. could tell between I, them, right? The they, oh, they always look the same, especially when they're younger. And I looked at it and just thought it was a young Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah. I thought that because maybe of how it young was Alfred looked. Dick, but it could be that as well. It works both ways. Again, yeah. though. Back to the Superman part. I really did. I got I got some feels when he said, can you look after my son? With that, I think that your problem with it, I think that that's a problem that Superman sees as well, but sees that there's no way to avoid it. His son has taken up the, the Superman. Now, I know you're saying he should go to Supergirl and they should end up doing that. Steel, but unfortunately, Connor, people are looking at John as, you know, the Superboy into the Superman. And I think that Superman's worried about that. I think that he is worried that his son isn't going to be able to handle it and isn't mature you see, you enough. see, Nightwing, I want you to look after my son, John, because I went to my cousin, Kara, to go, you know, do the same thing I'm asking you to do. But it turns out she went on an interplanetary party bus and well, that drunk might out be of her mind across drunk the Drunk out of her right mind now. and then going towards some genocide or something I heard last I time. I don't know. No, and again, I think that this is one of those things, the play. Of course, there is the Son of Kal-El books. There's the real play. But the play might be that, you know, Superman's there and he just knows that if I'm not around, Unfortunately, people are going to look to John and, and and the way John is, he's going to want to help the people. I think that this is the setup of he's not ready. I'm worried about him. Please look after him because there's nobody that I would trust more to give him guidance and to be a friend. And also, I like that because remember, John even said to Damien, I don't have any friends. It's so True. sad. He has no friends at all. And it would be nice if you ended up having Dick Grayson say, really, the funny thing is, I wanted Dick Grayson to say, like you say, Supergirl, all these things. What about Lois? Uh, what about his mother? Is she still around, right? What about like, her? And he's like, she's a drinker. Well, I'm sorry. If, if Superman's not around and doesn't plan him, she has to go to work. What the hell well, is this going true, on? Well, that's true. Well, she'll just write one of them books again. <laughs> but you get a cliffhanger. She's got an expensive lifestyle. She's got to keep the income coming in. Yeah, you see the heartless there, and he's watching this press conference. And he's like, Dick Grayson and this other dude, old dude, you know this guy. I'd like to, like, this is guy kid grown up. He looks at, hey, you know this guy? Yeah, yeah, he's my first. 
I owe him so much. Exactly. So what does that mean? I don't yes, know. Yes, my first. And he's like, he made me who I am today, but I have plans for Bloodhaven, and they don't really line up with his vision here. I'll have to take his heart before he gives it to the city. As he then sits down very weird in front of tons of hearts. It's about weird. This is a classic supervillain kind of like, you know. No, I'm saying he's standing there. I don't see a a chair or a wall. It has to be the opposite way I'm saying. Like, boom, he walks over there just to sit down to tell this guy where we don't even see anything. This is a very bare room. Plus, I don't know that I'd have a room where I'm storing all my hearts with all those windows there. People might peep in. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Window washer? I don't know. They're watching the window like, what's going on in there? Oh, my God. I am the villain, the window viper. That guy loves heart. And the the other guy's there. So do I. They're awesome. Barracuda. He's like, no, no, no. And then they fall off because they're dead there because you can't look in. But, yeah, at the end of this, uh, I liked it. I gave it a 9 out of 10. I think that the art is really, really good. Oh, it's always been good. And I like that it, it really felt like the end of the, you know, of this first trade. Boom, we get that. Let's now, because I thought that there were a lot of scattered things here. We get the money out of the way. the status quo. And we get, but even that money, it just kind of sat around. He kept saying, I'm going to do something. I'm going to, we finally get to that. It sat around. It's been in one arc. Yeah, but I'm still saying, you just kept saying, oh, Blockbuster's there. He's not really doing anything. Heartless, we see a couple pages. All these things going on. Then you throw on Melinda. There was too many things going on. I think that this focuses it all by getting, you know, a lot of things resolved in this issue to go forward with the Heartless, who is, you know, the villain that he seemed to want to push. And now we'll finally get that. So I think that this one was a little better. Uh, what would you give it? I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. I enjoyed this one as well. I think the art's great, just like you. The biggest problem with me is that while I do like the stuff that we're doing with Nightwing right now and where it's going forward, earlier in the series, there was a thing while reading it where you have all of these big wow moments and these supposed feels that are being put out there with the character and his family and his friends and all this. And as, as I was reading, besides for that one Batman moment, which gave me the bit of the feels, it felt kind of hollow, like it has the entire time for me. And like, I like this direction. I like this Nightwing. I like all the stuff we're doing as a whole with the Bat family and stuff like that and people coming in and going, whatever they're going to do. But I don't have any real connection. It feels like while I'm reading it, I feel like I should this entire time. And I don't know why. Is it me? Am I the heartless? Or is it just because you might of this be. way that it's being written right now? Yeah, I like this more. The other, you know, the first issue I really liked because that was like, oh my God, this is so much better than the Rick Grayson stuff like that. Since then, I haven't really liked it at all. I've been, you know, going down, down, down because of these moments, like you said, they felt hollow because it was just, oh, my God, I'm looking over a building. I see Blockbuster. Oh, my God. You know, the Mayor Zuko, you know, oh, my God, that's like everything seemed like not well spelled out and just thrown at you. This spells out some more things for me, and I, I did like that, and I want to see more of the Heartless and get something that's more of a book where I'm fo- we're focused on one thing. Uh, which I hope that's how it continues. We'll see. Uh, but people love it the whole way. I mean, oh, you yeah. can't find anybody not. It's just one of those weird things where I, I feel disconnected from it, and I don't know why. Yeah. Well, maybe it's because it is a lot of fan service, and you're not getting more of the character moments. It's more of the stuff being forced in. But we're going to go to the next book, which is a book of yours. What is it? Batman Secret Files Clown Hunter, number one, written by Ed Brisson with art by Rosie Campy, Andrew Dollhouse, and Simon Boland. Even though we're far removed from the joke wars, time to get some more background on Balfam, the clown hunter, and really, how far removed we are from this character's introduction is the biggest fail of this issue because while Clown Hunter continues his mission to rid Gotham of face-painted assholes, Punchline is running Joker's gang from Blackgate and has created a plan for the hunter to become the prey. Yeah, and, and basically she has set up Bow to 
get taken and down. And this is a weird thing for me in my mind where we have all these punchline backups. And, you know, it's not a lot of page space. We've yeah. been it for like a couple issues, like six issues now in the Joker book, trying to continue on that punchline story ever since the Joker War ended. And I feel that this one shot has actually done more to show me how bad she is, even behind prison and stuff like that, while continuing on the Joker's reign of terror in Gotham while he's gone. Yeah, it does show that she has a lot going on outside. And that's more important, really, to me than the machinations of the inside and the trial and things. I'm not really that concerned with that, really, in those backups. This where, I mean, really, she has a way to transmit out and all these things from the prison she, where she is she set up out. that clown hunter is out and about still trying to take down anybody who was associated with the Joker war or the Joker's gang. And because of that... We're going to set things up where, like, okay, Saul, we know he likes to run his mouth. We know that Clan Hunter just circles these airs. They set up an entire grid and know and plan out all these things for they know that the Clan Hunter is going to follow this one guy, like, back to where he needs to be into a trap so that they can then transmit punchline over live video feed talking to him while she's in prison. I'm like, you truly are a super villain now, yeah, Punchline. This that. must be why Jim loves you. No, well, maybe I said it earlier, <laughs> I guess. But uh, with that, I think that you do another thing with this that I thought was cool. And and again, we're going to see a lot, and we're going to talk a lot, I guess, about getting bullied, Val getting bullied in school, getting bullied. But what I really liked in this is, and especially Piece how it ties in, I love how it ties into the end. And again, this also, there's two things, and that's one of them. I, I'll say it right away. I love the idea that this is why Gotham's a cesspool and a shithole. It's because these are the kids of the elite who were like this as well. And it's just a subtle little deal that made me laugh. I'm like, yeah, they are all assholes. Everybody in Gotham. That's why Gotham sucks. Because all these assholes <laughs> are raising no, why assholes. Are you, why are you hanging out with the Gotham Academy kids? Yeah, why really? are you just getting the shit kicked find out of you by giant maps. white boys? Please, find them. But yeah. these this one shit. This is the whole thing. He's kicking Bell in the freaking stomach while he's laying on the ground. Two, like one year ago, when this was going down, after his parents died from the Joker, and his aunt and uncle took him in, they used the money to go and send him to Gotham Academy so they didn't have to deal with it. And because he's a poor kid from the whose parents were murdered he just these kids just beat the shit out of whatever so you have this you didn't realize eric it just shows you how bad everybody is there just because this kid is kicking bow in the stomach and next to him you have two guys high five i know that's what i'm saying but this ends up like they said that batman creates the villains no gotham academy does these assholes and uh really would it have thrown you off now we know that it can't be but all of a sudden like Get him, Johnny Vile. Or all of a sudden, I'm glad that Ed Brisson doesn't do that. Hey, get him. You know, I don't know who you'd be. Well, like even when say, you have Bao realize the him, amount Johnny of pain. <laughs> what do you, when Bao realizes the amount of pain that one can go through until they eventually fight back or when they break, like the, the, the final straw on the camel's back kind of situation where they actually break a person like Bao to become somebody like the clown hunter. When Bao picks up his backpack full of books and slams the kid who's been kicking him in the stomach in the face and everybody else, you see that? That kid sucker punched Bryce. Yeah, I know. There no, you go. He did not. Pieces he did not. Shit. That's what I'm they so, are. I'm so, so angry good. reading this just because I know the fact. I think it's, I don't know how kids are anymore, but I just know that there will be pieces of crap out there that will just be beating the crap out of a kid just because they feel he doesn't belong and in this I whole like circle. The like, idea I'll where, tell you. I like the idea where you get Bao. He's creating psychopaths. So, and Bao is one of those kids. His parents died just like Batman. Batman was rich. You know, Bruce was rich. He had Alfred there. We already just mentioned it. Nightwing. 
Bell didn't have anybody, so he's doing things his own. Even but his aunt and uncle didn't want to deal yeah, with they, him. They, they sent him, him off. So he's doing what he thinks is right. It's not. We know that. And Batman has even told him that. And Harley, you know, the idea that you can't just go around killing people. But the way that he's beaten down, it makes sense. About the problems, but you know? with that, you have a lot of resets. You have a lot, not resets, but repeats. You end up at one point where, and, and what happens is I like the idea that the Saul goes around, he's running his mouth. But it also shows you that Bao, he's, he's not Batman. He can be tricked. I mean, even the idea that Punchline Walks says, right into a yeah, trap. Punchline says, man, we thought you'd be quicker than this. It even took you longer. Not too bright, and are you, kid? he gets too much. It, like, he doesn't realize when he's in over his head. He does try to run at one point, but not well enough. And he's going to die if it's not for who shows up well, at the end. So I like that, too. How- He's almost like, I want to say this, uh, it's not exactly a good metaphor for it, but do you remember the character Darkman, Sam Raimi's Darkman in the movie, where in that the guy, he like, you know, his, he was burned so bad that he couldn't feel pain and that became like his weird superpower besides for, you know, making masks and imitating people. But this whole idea where Bao has had the crap beat out of him on such a regular basis throughout his freaking school life now, now that he is Clown Hunter. His superpower is he can take a goddamn. Actually, that's the thing. He's more like kick ass. He's kick ass where he can take a fucking beating right now. And but the thing is, there's he's still Rocky. overpower him and kill. Uh, he is Rocky, and that's the thing too. Where, but he does know from his time of getting the crap beat out and being cloud better that there's eventually going to be a point where because of their numbers, they will overpower you and you will get taken down. So that really does suck because even when he realizes that he has walked into a trap and all of this is a setup and he's just surrounded by clowns, like it's one of those like you know terrifying dreams. Like I'm the clown hunter. I take out clowns one by one. That was a hundred clowns. All right, guys, let's call it truce for a second, okay? I got to go and regroup. <laughs> yeah. And, and so when he gets Saul, Saul ends up tricking him into getting into this warehouse. He presses the button, blows it up, and then knocks him down and whatnot. And that's where Punchline, you see that Punchline's involved. I like that you set up this little phone to have clients, but then there's just tons of video screens all around anyway. But she's, you, you know, talk, she's talking trash and saying, you know, and, and in a way, like almost like the idea that clown hunters never killed somebody. It was weird. It was almost like she was trying to goad Bao into going to that next level, but he he had already. He even says later he killed two in this one deal. But I like that she's playing mind games. But he realized he hasn't but- killed since Batman told him not to, though. He's been playing mind games with Saul acting like he is going to kill him, but I don't think he was. I think he was going to be on the path. And was like Red Hood is on recently. Like, I'm not going to kill no more. I'm not going to do the gun thing no more. And it seemed like Bao was going to be on this path. And I think, though, by the end of this, he just might be back on the path. Well, like, yes, he kills two people. I'm going to put a bat bat in their face. Yeah, she says, you killed 25. He said, I killed 27. I just killed two of them just a second ago. So, yeah, you're wrong. Uh, but, yeah, they come in and I don't know. It just seemed like the progression, it, it it was too long. This could have been just 22 pages. It ends up being 30 or whatnot because you kept repeating. Okay, the clowns come in. Then we go back and getting the shit kicked out of him in school. Then the clowns grab him and tie him up. We go see him getting the shit kicked out of him in school. And, and yeah, it gives you that whole idea of how much of a beating he did take. And also that the Gotham Academy looks the other way when it comes to bullying. Uh, I, also thought that, I also thought that there could have been a couple of things that – Maybe he could have also learned that lesson because he does fight back. And I wish that that was he gets expelled the one time he fights back and learns that I, the I elite always win. And I, they I don't want people that. Off. That's the thing. If that's the case, you're going that route, whatever. But for whatever reason, that trope in movies where like, you know, somebody's getting picked on and they like turn around. Hey, stop it or something like that. Or they do something and then they're the ones who get in trouble. Yeah. It bothers me so much. You already went that with, oh, man, look at that cheap shot. Like, they're already doing that. Go full out. 
uh, or just have him just go to town. Uh, but he does, you know, try like, to fight back. Can you imagine if freaking Can't Buy Me Love or freaking if Casey Semeckis' character is the only one who gets in trouble in that whole thing because he stands up to Buddy Riley? Yeah, damn right. Buddy Riley, what is that, it, yeah. Buddy Rydell? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, with that, you end up having all that going down. I said Can't down. Buy Me Love. Yeah, you said Can't Buy Me Love. It's 3 o'clock high. About, yeah, 3 o'clock high, which was really good. But he should. it all depends on who goes in and you see, you know, usually in a fight, the third man in is the guy who gets caught and put in the penalty box there. But... Yeah, he's fighting these clowns. They end is up J- tying him up. Is Jason Todd going to be the guy in the penalty he box? He might be. No, he's like the 103rd man. Then. But yeah, with, with you know, you end up punchline, like you said, it does up the ante for her. Like, oh my God, she's got people on the outside. She's able to do this. And this isn't like, oh, she has Cullen going on, you know, around with these groupies. These are legitimate Joker gangs oh, that yeah. she has going around. That is more badass. That's more threatening in my mind. And so you end up, Having I, this, I he's gonna really, die. Seeing the situation too, I really do hope that it is one of those weird, like you know, Joker joke, fuck you, big moments kind of thing. When you have put together such a great like protest movement, like people think the punchline is the, a victim of this whole situation. They're gonna go outside of her trial. And they're gonna protest this whole thing because they believe in this girl. This Alexis K is a victim like everybody else. And when they go to do this. She actually, during the trial, has all of her Joker gang go and kill those people in front of her trial right that's there. The, that's the classic trope of the idea that I'm going to raise this that's demon. That's the punchline. I'm going to raise this demon and it's going to help me take over the world. It comes up and eats them. Like, you're done. Uh, but yeah, that would be cool. Or I actually thought of this in this because of the idea where she's like, man, you know, me and the Joker and all this. And the Joker will come into town first. And be like, who the hell did they just kill all of these jokers? All these joker guys. Like, I'm surprised the punchline is so Yeah, I didn't sanction you guys. And he ends up killing them. But it, it just, again, I liked it because we haven't gotten enough of Clown Hunter. And we see that he's a kid who was, you know, brutally bullied and has taken that to take it out on people who killed his parents. Even when Punchline figures, he's oh, gonna stand oh, up oh here nobody we go, can. An- another orphan. In Gotham, like she's making fun of him, so that makes him real pissed off. And that's off, the I'm thing sure. is, while it might be just a big, you know, continuation of what we had with Clown Hunter, with not a lot of progression for the majority of the issue, besides for more of a punchline being a badass in my mind. The thing is, we are so far removed from the Joker War that you need to be reintroduced to Balfam here. But the biggest thing that I love out of this, on top of everything, is Jason Todd yeah, coming Jason in here and pretty much saves saying, his ass. "Hey, uh, yeah, he comes in, saves Bal's ass, and then it's all like." You need to be trained. And, like, you're not going to do it like your Batman's not going to do it. I'm going to be the one to go and do it. And we're going to fucking go out there and we're going to kill the Joker. I'm like, that sounds amazing. Let me see more of that. I'm looking here. One, two, at least three people Jason kills. The one guy that maybe gets hit in the back of the neck with the crowbar, he might just be crippled. The other guy might have deflected a little with the shoulder. But a couple of these get hit full out. Slammed in the head with that crowbar They are dead and I'm I don't look- know how hard he's hitting them I'm looking at them there Like one guy looks like he's rubbing his head with a headache A couple of them look straight up dead While they're laying Unconscious. there Unconscious uh, Well look, down near Jason's you know, foot That ain't no scarf That is blood running His crowbar oh, is dripping with ketchup, Eric <laughs> There's trouble That'd be funny if he yelled, catch up Boom, hit him But yeah, and then you know, he just, says, just look at that big fat clown in the background, though, with the freaking green shirt on. Yeah, I think he's rubbing his head. <laughs> the thing is, does he just happen to have a red wig on, or is he bald headed? No, that's true. Oh, but then look at what looks like maybe a girl next to him. You know, the one with the purple pants. 
She's in a way that it looks like her one leg is moving in a different direction. It looks like Dak Prescott. She's fine. She's just kind of like a dog who's asleep dreaming about running. The idea where I don't see that other arm, she just fell flat down, dead. They're all dead, Eric. And that other guy, the guy right in the foreground with the, you know, thinks that he's the star-spangled kid for some reason. It looks like half of his head might have crushed, and he's in, in a weird position himself. It's a weird timing because we have Jason Todd in his, you know, what do you even call this costume? They're like the the rebirth costume, you know, because that's the thing. See, it's not even because re- they had their other costume, but it's it's his newer costume before, it's you know, Urban Legends. Steel. Exactly. No. And the thing is, he has this costume on and not the newer costume I know. we see from last we week at the end of Batman work. Urban Legends. So at this point in time, Jason Todd is not killing because he's still in Gotham under the, like the guide of Batman. So. They're, these clowns are okay, and right now, even though he said in Urban Legends that he's going to give up, you know, like, the guns, stuff like that, he still believes that you have to kill some people sometimes. He's giving up the guns, though. He's going to take he's gonna take Clown Hunter under his wing right now. Urban Legends is like, that's six months in this timeline week. ahead. He's getting all he can at the last second. This is like when I go on those stupid diets, and the night before, I, go, I just go ham. I just gorge myself. That's what he's doing with the killings. And There's then no said, killings and right then now said, because I said at this point in time he's under Batman's guy. He's not he killing. With he's, this mask. he's in Gotham, yeah, because this is the entire thing he's been with this entire time. No, I'm saying that uh, from the moment that he says I'm not going to kill, he ends up getting that new outfit from Batman. I'm assuming he's going to he put that on. Does he say he's not going to kill because he still believes to kill, but he's just no, not going to use said, guns anymore? He says I'm not going to kill. I don't. Th- I think people still should die, but I'm going to pull myself because now I realize even though they should die. There's other people affected by that. So what I took from it. It seems weird with that because like, I still believe that that's what you were doing before because the idea of him killing that guy in Urban Legends was a mistake. No, not but something I'm that saying he's done recently. he ended up killing that guy and the, the idea is he didn't realize that it would affect the little boy Tyler and the mom and things like that. And They're now fine. he realizes that there is some things basically saying I don't have a lot more money to house these people up. Also, the idea of it, what he's going to do is next time he sees some piece of shit drug dealer or something, he's going to ask them for their personal information. And when they say, oh, I'm not married and I don't have kids or family, boom, he shoots them right in the face. Hey, they're dead. There's no anybody to get the paper trail. But yeah, uh, he's got ketchup. <laughs> that crowbar, it looks disgusting. Uh, but I like that the idea is, hey, kid, you know, I see a little bit of me and you, right? And the idea that you want to kill the Joker, so do I. Even, like, pretty much, wink, wink, we're going to go kill the Joker, like right? He does a little red hood, yeah, though, for, essentially. It's funny and, to me. And he says, we, we both have that anger for the Joker, the same thing. And But you're not trained. You're going to get killed. I like your so spunk. Fast. I like your, your moxie, kid. Uh, but somebody's got to train got trapped you. by punchline. Look, once you get out into the world, things are going to be a lot worse than punchline. And then you end up how clown, you know, Bow. But this is how Bow has worked. He doesn't like to get close to people. It took Batman a bit to even find him and talk to him, whatever. And then Bow runs away saying, I don't like crowbars, and ran away. He likes his bat, right? He doesn't need a his crowbar. Bat. It'd be funny. They show the training, and all the training is, is picking out the right crowbar, how to have the crowbar, like two crowbars in the back deal, and how to draw them, and then how to kill clowns with the crowbar. That's all he's got, Eric. That's all that he's got in training. But yeah, I liked it. I just thought that it ended up a little bit too much. You end up keep going back. I get the Gotham McAfee. I get that he was bullied. We just keep going back and back. The stuff that I really like was that Val got in over his head 
We see that he could get killed. He's not trained. He's just going out there with him. He's just, just a little he's boy. He's just pure moxie. <laughs> you know, he's just going out there. And I like the idea that this really showed the power that punchline has beyond the, like I said, the fantastic or the sensationalism of the trial and the people. Well, that, this is the actual gang in Blackgate prison. I don't care for it as much in there either. The stuff that's going on out here seems big to me, but like she's in Blackgate prison. She's now the control of the Royal Flush gang and everything else. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing, but maybe we'll stay away from the prison aspect. So let's hang out back here because this is more interesting. You know what I really like too? At one point, I forget if she says it about Clown Hunter actually saw but she says, you know, I'm so pissed off now. I'm just going to break out and come and kill. I actually think she can. <laughs> I actually think can. that she can. But we don't really see that. We see her like when she's in the prison in the backups of the Joker book, she seems to be able to manipulate people and has a plan. This makes it seem like she is the, you know, the head of the mafia family who's in there still running the family from within. And that is what I like. I think that that's cool with these Joker gangs. And also it gives it gives Clown Hunter something to do. I mean, if you don't have the clowns running Seriously. around, you have nothing. You have nothing at all. And so that's that. How can you be down with the clown if there's no clowns? Yeah, man. Watch out, Insane Clown Posse. They go on tour. He's going to be following them. And it's not going to be Fago dripping off that crowbar, Eric. It's not catch up with Fago. They're going down. But yeah, what did you give this? I ended up giving this an 8 out of 10. I thought the art was really good in this, and I thought that it elevated the Clown Hunter story and the Punchline story in one fell swoop with this Batman secret file. Yeah, I'm actually going to match you. I was a little, I was going to be a 7.5, but you're right. The thing with Punchline, it actually makes Punchline a more intimidating and scary character that we know now that she can just like she do pretty whatever much she set wants. whatever up. And the thing about that She's is, the boss bitch. you know what I like about this is that we only have this one you know issue the secret files but to play with the way that works out it is kind of like a scary thing that you know that she could do this at any time but she doesn't you know what i mean like uh, it's not like she's like hey clowns come and get me out of prison she's got all these plans it makes everything bigger in my mind so yeah i'm gonna go eight out of ten as well continue the positivity tip of this here podcast and we're gonna go to the next one which is catwoman number 34 which is our last book of the Night, written by Ram V, art by Fernando Blanco, Jordi Belair, and Tom Napolitano. Ram V gets everyone ready for Fear State with an issue that's not a bad jumping on point for people who fell off this book recently, even though it may feel a bit like a repeat for State those Fear who have Street. been reading. Uh, and so I liked this issue more than I thought. And I hope we won't see Father Valley ever again, Eric. <laughs> but it looks like, looks like but he's, he's, he looks like he's the only one who survived by the end of this, besides from Maggie. I have a feeling. That maybe Selena lives. I, that's just you think so? me. I think that I she might. I don't know. I have a feeling though that yeah. I told you when I read it, you hadn't read it yet. I'm like, her to I said to you, I'm like, Hadley is dead. <laughs> he is dead, and you're like, I don't know. I ended up seeing uh, Henri Descartes. It looked like he was dead. Henri Descartes took a bullet to the chest and then jumped out of a freaking skyscraper. I'm like, he somehow survived. You know what the funniest thing is? We saw that, but for some reason, I said to you. There's no way he's dead. He's going to be. And you're like, I don't know. This, so I, this I saw it. And I'm just like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Why do we need him anyway? That. I mean, really? 
like I'm not a huge gun guy, but from how it looked up, I don't even have the, the page open right now. But like the automated setup that like you know Father Valley had from this position for for like you know this gun that's going to go off and kill Maggie when she's out having her tea in the same spot because she's a creature of habit apparently. But it looked like a 50 caliber gun, like one of those giant freaking things that, that was like you know meant to kill RoboCop at the end of the first movie. It looked like one of these things that will blow a hole in your chest that's freaking five feet around, and I'm like. Yeah, I don't think Hattie's going to survive from this. No, no. And and with that, the funniest thing about it, well, actually, a cool thing about it is if you think about it, Hadley comes running in and the gun is trained for where you would have Maggie's forehead, yeah. but her in the wheelchair would be around Hadley's chest, yeah, yeah. chest. That's pretty yeah. cool setup. The only thing that bothers me is through this whole thing, all Selena has to do is bang that gun one little bit. It moves and it, nobody dies. I, it, you look at it; it doesn't even look like it's that well put so on you think that it's table. It's like on a rickety tripod. It's on a rickety tripod. It's it's there on a card table. Look at what it's on. It's on a little card table on a tripod. You can knock I, I, this I, thing I, I over. I want to set us something up just to make you think. Like look at this thing where I have like a card table, but I have all this additional <laughs> stuff where I have it bolted into yeah, the ground. And, and and with that though, I think that the play is it's, it's all about deception I, at Father I, Valley. I think that the play is that the turret there is going through some grates, but there's room there. You only have to move it an inch, and it's not going to hit where you want it to. And Selena, all she has to do is knock that table from up under it. I mean, just hit that table and that thing falls. But yet she's kind of running and at one point just looks in it. And But with this, it starts off with Batman. It's funny, too, for the the way I see it, too, because I just got to the page where it has this little, like, weird table that seems like you just sit Indian Rickety. style at, at I it. I swear to God, like, he probably has two magazines under one of the freaking legs. Uh, like a tripod or a quad pod going up to holding this gun up there. But I do feel that... If it fired, the amount of like you know force that comes off this would actually throw it like throw it way off course of where it needs to be because there's nothing holding it. There's still. nothing holding it there. It is odd. I'm telling you, the gun is too big for for what so, it really so needs the to thing do. Is, Hadley did not get to Maggie in time. It's just it was so fl- flung so far <laughs> when it fired, it just shot Hadley instead. It would be crazy. They show it, and the real progression. He's ten feet away. Ah, he's just in the wrong spot. But we do. Go through like a little bit of the time jumps here. We end up finding like out. Up here. Well, we end up finding out that Batman was, you know, aware of what was going on with Father Valley. That's why he was. That's why he saved Selena. Remember last issue, she ended up. He getting dove sliced. into the water, going after her. Yeah, she got sliced and thrown in the water. He just that in. progression, though, because that is a great way for a cliffhanger to work. And then, like, you expect to get to the point where he's going to pull Selena out of the water at that point in time, because you know that's how you do it. But when you jump in, you just have. Batman and Selena together, jump back in time to where Hadley gave him a file on this, and then jump back to another point after they were just doing that, where she's going to go off to a face Father Valium. It's a weird progression to get to the point well, of our story. Well, that's what the weird progression is. It's like, okay, I saved you, Selena. Oh, how'd you know? How'd you? Oh, is that Hadley? Hadley. Hadley's Let me show you my cool. mind's eye. Yeah, Hadley's pretty cool. By the way, let's go to bed. I'm going to tell you one of my other regrets. <laughs> they, they go and they lay in bed. Uh, but they're talking about Hadley, which shows you that he does care. But we do know that. But it's good for people who may. Like I said, if you haven't read like the last four issues, you could read this and be pretty much up to speed with going into fear state. Um, But you end up where Hadley ends up lighting up the, the signal kind of odd. But, you know, Batman, that's not a toy there. Detective, you're that new guy, right? Like the the guy Beverly Hills Cop, they call you, uh, because really, we still imagine we still though, don't know how he is part of this. He's he's in this certain precinct down by Alley Town. You know, I don't know how it's set up with the boroughs of Gotham City and stuff like that, and where the precincts are. 
But the idea that we have Renee Montoya, the newly appointed commissioner of Gotham City, and the whole idea that Mayor Nakano and the whole anti-vigilante and stuff like that, he's going out of his like jurisdiction, his pre- like away from his precinct, somewhere else to turn on the bat signal. And I'm like, even if he doesn't die here, he is done as a police officer, at least in Gotham City, because like, why is nobody stopping this guy that's going up to the goddamn yeah. roof? Why aren't the rest of the GCPD and the magistrate now <laughs> just converging on the building here? But Batman comes out. Just look, walks by. Look oh, Hadley, Precinct too. 57. Just going to the roof. The thing um, is. No, that's restricted area. You can't go up there, Hadley. You, lo- you look at Batman <laughs> coming at him. <laughs> you, look at, you look at Batman, right? He's got clenched fists. He thinks this is round two for him and Jim Gordon. From when he punched him the last time. And then You're Jim, cool now. And then Jim Gordon used that bat to destroy the bat signal. Uh, but yeah, he ends up saying, hey, there's this guy, Father. Now, there's some things going on here that make me laugh that we never see anything else about it. Now, is Batman finding out that this is the St. Dumas connection? Does that is that what that file has, or is that not part of the FBI file? But the idea of, yeah, you know that guy, the Penguin? He ended up, you know, hiring... Yeah, this Father Valley is such kill, a weird to kill idea. That's where this started. Woman, right? And I'm, I'm telling you, we're going to find out that the penguin is just straight up dead. Batman's well, going to go right up now, and he's kill doing his jury ass. shit with Mr. Worth. Like, well, I guess that, that Catwoman assassination attempt didn't work for me. I better go do jury shit with Mr. Worth. And that was the thing I ended up, I think me and Rocky were, were talking about this. And I said, like, the penguin thing, like, God, all, of a, sudden, being all of a sudden, Ram V just decided that father, it, it almost is the Batman who laughs with Barbados. Barbados is the big guy doing, oh, my God, the Batman who laughs got real big. Barbados gets pushed aside. This is to get now ooh, we the, have penguin. The, big bad the penguin. Yeah, uh-uh, the penguin's the, the big guy. Penguin is the big villain. He hires, he just gets pushed aside. And now. Who is Father Valley now doing this just for doing its sake? Is he going to get paid still? Like the thing I don't is, know. When, when is Penguin going to win? Because I'm, I got to go back and I got to think about the beginning of that Batman Urban Legends Red Hood story, where it's, I mean, the Grifter story, where it seemed that Grifter was working for the Penguin with a bunch of other villains doing something that I don't recall anymore. And I don't know we if just, I ever actually never really did know. Said much of it. But the idea of this, like, you know, what is the Penguin up to? Because. We had the Catwoman book where he's in with penguins, Her- well, he, No, he's not doing that, but he's mm. in Villa Hermosa trying to get some friggin', you know, resurrection dust, and it didn't yeah. really work out for yeah, him that in the didn't long work run. out. And now he's like, oh, that Catwoman fucked me over. Hires Father Valley to go do it. Father Valley's not getting the job done. Penguin bitches. Father Valley kills all the penguins' men, and he's like, huh, things aren't working out. What about that billionaire, Mr. Worth? I heard he shot a bazooka at a police station. Let's go round up that guy and see what's going on. And now you know he's getting screwed by the end of this, oh, too. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. why can't the penguin be a threat anymore. I just need the Penguin to go on the Yelp and give Father Valley a very bad review for a hitman because he he wasn't going to kill. He's going to do it on his own time. That We have a contract. My contract's with God. All right, fuck you. I'm getting out of <laughs> One here. One star. Like, okay, see who pays you, asshole. And then leaves. And then before, I hired this father, man to kill somebody. He said God hired I, him. I, I, I can't deal I, with I, this. Penguin is just like, I've dealt with some messed up people, right? All I needed you to do was kill one person. You're making it difficult. Please, you just have to kill her. No, nope, my contract's with God. I'm done didn't with tell you. you to kill Solomon Grundy. I'm done I told with you. you to kill Catwoman. You have now killed my faith in the hitman community. I'm out of here. And then the one guy's like, why didn't you hire the Deathstrokes? He's like, I don't just know. Im- just imagine this, too. They're like the progression of things work like they do in comics in real time and stuff like that for us, where Father Valley kills a lot of the freaking Penguin's goons. The Penguin runs off, gets a bunch of other goons or whoever's left over. 
All right, boys, I want you to walk the block and look for anything <laughs> suspicious. <laughs> What's suspicious, boss? I don't know. I just hired a guy who said he had a contract with God. I don't know what the hell's going suspicious, on. Eddie. Just kill go that guy. Just go and look for anything. If you see anything suspicious, kill them, please. And then these guys go out and like, oh, what is this? They're just shooting mailboxes. That looks suspicious. But it's not just a mailbox. It's one of those freaking bougie mailboxes oh, that are like yeah. designed like something else. It's like, oh, my God, what is a barn doing in the middle of Gotham? Shoot it, boys. Oh, it'd be great. I, I just, a I, giant dolphin mailbox. Right now, oh, they, kill it. They could have an aside because there is that you know big villains deal coming in Danny DeVito's writing that yeah. penguin. We need to write the story where the penguin's just like, I got to get the fuck out of here. Like everything I do gets fucked up. I'm now involved with a, a huge man who's shooting missiles at the GCPD. What, did, what story they... did we have before where people went to the Iceberg Lounge or like casino? I forget how they presented it. Well, that was in the Mr. Worth one. That was the Mr. Worth one. Okay. Because remember that guy came in and even he was throwing shade. He's like, yeah. I was that the reporter? No, I, I think it was one of the – It was, was a, that an annual? It was a low-level – uh, like criminal guy who's like, yeah, I heard that you still hung out here by yourself. I thought it was like a guy who wanted to work for like TMZ or shit like that who broke in and was trying to get the scoop. Well, no, I think that that in my mind, I thought it wasn't a scoop. I thought that he wanted to be like an up and coming deal. And he pretended that he was going to join the Penguin. He's like, hey, I want to join your gang or whatever. And then Penguin killed him. And that was his deal of, in my mind, again, I'm nothing. I got to call this Mr. Worth. I got to get back in the game. And ended up joining Mr. Worth because of the shade that he was getting thrown at and stuff like that. It was ridiculous. Just some frack kid disrespecting him. What I think it really was was uh, whatever the backups were at that point, I think it was a little bit added to one of the backups. Maybe it was a detective backup. Yeah, 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 that makes yeah sense. that's what it seemed to be. And then he's like, fuck this. I'm sick of being stepped on. I'm the penguin guy, darn it. And he ends up calling you know, Mr. Worth and says, hey, uh, you know, what was that offer? I just want him to lose his mind, go out there with a, like an umbrella machine gun and just start popping off rounds. Yeah, just popping it off. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, well, you end up where Batman, again, this goes back. Batman, they're doing a little yeah, we're not kissing. Talking about Penguin right doing now. a little kissing and a lovin's. And they're like, hey, I thought we had a year off. Eh, it was going to tell. A little rubbing hey, and a tugging. You know, you have an okay deal. But Batman says, oh, by the way, I have this thumb drive. All the information about Father Valley. Selena seemingly gets it, says, all right, I'm going to put that aside. I'm going to go fight this guy again. She just ended up getting sliced and diced and, again, and thrown this into whole the, idea the bay. Do, do we have time for her to prepare then to sit up this whole situation where she knows Father Valley inside out like it seems that Father Valley knows her inside out to when she finally goes and confronts him again now? Like, do we have some time in between? So, like, when the whole idea when she does defeat him, there's an idea that she knows how he works because of what Batman – or do we just jump to like, I'm going to put this thumb drive in my titties right here. I'm going to go fight Father Valley. She seems to watch the things because she's going through a progression of – and it's, it. But I, it's more it's of how it was situation. set up. It's yeah. more of giving her information how she's set up. Then what she does. This is, is, a, this is a flashback of what we've dealt with this arc, though. Yeah. Like, That's know, why I said it's I, an actually good jumping on point if you haven't been reading. And what to are get we the doing with those second chance villains? Oh, that's what I said. Optimus Prime. He was saying that I was a little too harsh of Batman being in the book. I said I think Batman's in the book only because they're going to cross paths in Fear State, and you want to get that over with so that yeah. you don't have to stop everything there. I just think that's the case. Not saying good, bad, or indifferent, but and I think that Ram V does get a 
you know, the taste of the Tom King Batcat stuff in this. He has obviously read some of that, if not all, and gets the little deal. What I'm saying is Batman doesn't do shit and then makes Catwoman go off and do the work. But yeah. she ends up looking at the stuff. Just like in the Batman book. Exactly. So, and also you end up having her do sword fights. But with that, she, so also, weird. she also sits there and she's like, okay, I, I just found out all the things that Father Valley has done to kind of figure out me and get this and go after me. What I'm going to do right now is either I'm going to envision it or maybe I'll do it for real. I'm going to start dancing with a lion or a tiger and I'm going to be ready. Then <laughs> I love that. Or she just, she looks like she's flamenco dancing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's cool. how, how do you do it i'm like eh, well i don't i run i shoot my pants and run uh but she realizes seemingly okay father valley and this is where i think there's a lot of things in this book that i think don't play out really well on the page but if you think about it it starts to work i think that selena fully realizes okay he's going after me he knows about my family. He knows what I care about. She, she before well, the idea. Well, he's, yeah, she's already like ahead of Hadley, who's trying to figure things out. She realizes, okay, looks up the building. There's a sight line down. She, he's probably up there. He's been watching me. He's been doing this. So she goes up, and she's right. She goes in, but just having her look up and then bounce in, and he's there. It doesn't play out as strong as I think it could. There's and this fight. Could be really cinematic, but you leave things behind then to throw them in at the end that you have to think twice or look back. Me and you both had to check oh out. Oh my god, the what progression. Happened. So like I like the art in this as a standalone thing, but when you're trying to follow in a progression of action and stuff like that, I had no idea what happened to Father Valley during this freaking knife fight in the second round of their battle because out of nowhere, like like Selena jumps in, throws a sword at him, it like it flames. And it was by a, him. it was a broken sword too. A broken so. sword. But the thing is, the the hilt gets stuck in the wall behind him to the point where and it's in a small little like, you know, panel where you see it. And he I wasn't really paying attention to it because I'm focused on the main action. So what it does is I thought it was like a little like, you know, stylistic choice. And then the fight goes on to the point where he gets pushed back into the sword and talks about how he like, but you can't see it poking through or anything like this. I had to go back and actually magnify where you can see a little bit in the back of his thing there to see what it is. And then page back again to see where it started at. Cause I did it over and over again. Cause I'm like, why is he hurt right now? Did she just cut him with his car? Claws? I thought I don't she know put her fist through him, but then you see her hands <laughs> and then, you know, he runs the sword and she realizes it's a cool progression, but it doesn't play out as much. And I wish that her sword was not cut in half. Because right. when she is pushing him back, you actually do see the sword coming out of the wall, but it's so small in that corner. Didn't and, take and, notice. Yeah, and you, you don't really notice it. If it's a full sword, you would. And it doesn't make it worse or whatever. It just with this, it makes it seem like, oh, Selena threw and missed. But it's like, did I? Because then she pushed them back. But the idea I'd like is that she's like, okay. And, and like, again, look how small that is when you page down where she's pushing against him. Like, Eric, I read this issue three there. times. I just noticed it now. Because well, I this was is looking. one of the things that I kept paging back trying to figure out where he got hurt. It's at. a cool deal. I mean, it really is cool, but it doesn't play out as well in the progression of art where I like the idea of Selena thinking ahead. She's playing 3D Selena chess here, right? Selena has a sword run through her shoulder. And this is the progression where I'm saying, like, she has a slit in her stomach kind of thing, has a sword run through her shoulder, shoulder and it's still there. And then there's Father Valley. I bear this pain in your name, my lord. Why are you Yeah, why are you hurt? And then I realized. (laughs) But I like the idea where, you know, again, every time Father Valley – and really they fought what seems like two minutes ago when he he sliced and diced her when he said – your sin, your big sin is vanity. You're the, now it's Now it's narcissism. And he says that, and she finally, 
finally, in this fight, we finally see that both of them are working the angles. You end up having Father Valley through the whole thing. He has a gun trained on where Maggie will be. That is badass. That shows the work he's put in. Not, hey, tell me about that time when you were back in Italy. Which, like, that's nothing. This is big. But also Selena saying, okay, listen, I've been fighting this guy all this time. He he kind of has been beating the crap out of me. If it wasn't for Batman, I would have died. But I'm going to use his play. I'm going to make him think that what he's saying to me is real. I'm going to give him an opening. I'm going to go with the idea that I'm so narcissistic and I'm so van that I'm going to, you know, try to do my thing. Oh, I think this fight is about you. And, and yeah, and opens it up, opens up to let him then drive the sword into an area that's not going to kill her. It's going to hurt like hell. But it's not going to kill her shoulder so that then she doesn't get that at, up. at that point, though, he is, you know, unless he lets go of the sword, but he's driving it in. Now he's vulnerable for her. He's off balance because of going. For, she pushes him into that sword that she already set up. That's a great progression. It just doesn't play out well art-wise. You have to keep and going once back Once again, seeing. Catwoman is a master swordswoman who can beat anybody with a sword. Yeah, again, so this weird. is a guy who is trained, you know, St. Dumas. I mean, that's their thing. Flaming sword. Well, if you could beat Talia Agu, the heir apparent to the League of Assassins and Leviathan. Why not? You can't beat. You can beat anybody. Here's the other thing. Here, the the, the switch is in Father Valley's hand. Selena grabs it. Then Father Valley falls, and then seemingly stands, and he has the switch again. How did he get the switch? And the idea both of them have gloves, but the one has you know you have Father Valley has like the uh, you know the Madonna. No finger gloves on. How does it go from hand to hand here? Because Selena does grab it at one point. Has it? You see her gripping it. I thought that when he, like, you should have had her have that first. When he drives the sword in, she kind of, oh, and drops it. But it's after that that it seemingly, it's weird. The progression of that is weird. And then he just presses the button and the gun goes off. And you see that, you know, when she runs over to the gun, which she should have been focusing a little more on, not just the deal. Yeah. She looks and the, the chair is empty. It's because, you know, Maggie seemingly was knocked over out of it and Hadley took the bullet. And boy, he's, he's got a lot of blood. Eh? A oh my lot God, of blood. does he ever. It's uh, all outside of his body it's, right now. It's funny, too, because I think it was Uncharted 3, possibly. But I always think when this sort of thing happens, that it's just something that's ingrained in my mind. At the beginning of that, you end up having Nathan Drake say, that's a lot of blood. That's a lot of my blood. And that's what I I think that Hadley's like, that's a lot of blood. He looks you're, dead. And now right? you saying that to me and thinking about Nathan Drake, he kind of looks like Dick, not, like Dick Grayson Nightwing to me. But when Dick comes back into his apartment during that Nightwing book, it's like, I'm okay. You're on the floor. I'm okay on yeah. the floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that Hadley's dead. And, and oh, yeah. Again, Hadley's totally dead. And even progression, though, of Hadley getting to where he needs to be and figuring out that Maggie's in danger – it's it's the worst. It's one of the worst parts of the book where we go back to the burnt out church that Father Valley's destroyed. All right, boys, gets a bunch of beat cops in with them. We're gonna look, like look this place over. We gotta look for any clues. Here's an overturned bathtub, and you know that Father Valley was hiding out here for a few days, and he didn't want us to find out about this. But underneath this bathtub, there's a map. Oh my God, there's a map here, and I'm like, this progression is the stupidest so goddamn forced, thing. Right? And then just to say. Oh, he's been looking at the sight lines. Then, just to force it more, the guy's he like, "He blew up the I church like, because where he's at, the church would block." I to like get to that. Maggie. I don't. I don't mind that. The idea, though, of oh my god, an overturned bathtub. Let's look. Uh, oh my god, it's a map of sight lines. 
oh my, my brother's involved in the sight lines oh, of yeah? the city. Oh well, you get uh, you know you get send that Riggs. up. I love you. He's like send it to Riggs. What is what is Riggs going to get now? Because they don't need to know unless you have something. Riggs <laughs> it doesn't also. matter too. Like this is Riggs is always going to hold on to this this file folder because it's the last thing that Hadley wanted to give me before he died. You crazy old Hadley. You end up where also look at when you have Hadley go because it was in it was in his way. Don't you see about the church? What happened to him? It looks like he's been doing some meth or something. He looks terrible. He's got them. Yeah, he looks terrible, but it looks like he's dead. And if he is dead, he, he played out his progression here. You he, know, no, you no, end he up, overplayed his progression. No, I'm saying, no though, at least he, he better be dead. At this least he ended here. up a hero. He saved Maggie. And he's you been just a cop say, this oh, entire he's time. He's hmm. never not been a hero. No, I'm saying he's kind of been on the the weird down low. Even in uh, Villa Hermosa, he wasn't exactly a, a non-dirty cop. He's always been a little bit uh, on the dirty side, but he hasn't really done I don't anything. I being dirty. Yeah, that's how he ended up, uh, you know, meeting and going with Selena. All that time, he was supposed to arrest her. I mean, right there is the idea of being not on the up and up. He, he, she is a villain who was supposed to he be He is arrested. a force for change is what yeah, he is. I don't know. And Villa Hermosa started off as almost like he was on the take. And then ended up kind of going against that and going There's with no Selena. There's no reason for Hadley to be in Gotham City after the Villa Hermosa thing. So I, he better be dead because it didn't make any sense that he was here to begin with. I think that it was just a way to, uh, you know, continue the deal. It was a Ram V thing and he ended up going. And now, you know, we don't need him anymore. He just has to get out of there. I just want the issue where Selena's there at the wedding crying and Batman's looking freaking gritting his teeth. It's like, you better not like that dead dude. But yeah, it looks like he's dead. We get Fear State next, so everything's set Hooray. up. Again, if you haven't been reading Catwoman, I think that this is a pretty good issue to kind of give you an amalgam of a lot of the other issues, especially Father Valley. This is a fight that we keep seeing, but at least there was some deal. And, and we didn't even say at the end, you know, pretty much the building blows up and he ends up, you know, parachuting yeah, on, out. On, so. on top of having that gun pointed at Maggie, he also had another fail safe where he blew up the building that Selena was in while he paraglided out yeah. with a freaking <laughs> giant stab woman in his back. Right through the middle. <laughs> he ended up I mean the idea that the that sword went and at least went all the way through to push his clothing yep. out. I mean, he should be dead too. Hopefully. He's fine. Yeah, I know. I, I, he's just going to come down the parachute. He's going to like like uh, land with the parachute. He's going to cover him. He's never going to move again because I, he died yeah. in the air. I think that he should just disappear himself. I'm not that interested in the idea that you well, could. That's the thing is, we end this issue with it looking like you know Hadley's dead, and from the explosion of this building, and we knowing that Catwoman's there. Looks like Catwoman's dead. Now, obviously, she's not dead because the Catwoman book, but that's the way it looks. And Father Valley, his ass gets away. <laughs> I just Fear like state. the idea. If you would have had Batman, like. Get this from from Hadley, the files, and say, what's this St. Dumas? Then you're like, ooh, there's going to be some big things coming up. St. Dumas connection or whatever. I think it all gets put away. We even have an Asriel story coming up later in the Aww. Urban Legends. And I thought that, ooh, it's going to no, doesn't like tie in. It's just an Urban Legends, like one shot or so. So you, you have to put I, I just want Father Valley here. He blows the body. He's parachuting out and stuff like that. I just want a bat around to go and cut one of the lines. That would be awesome. Falling, and then he breaks his legs on the ground. I just want him to be going, and a big gust of wind comes and just slams him into a building. And then he just you see this, you know, the blood streak going down. As it'll, he's it'll be like GTA down. 5 online where you just see if anything hits your parachute, all it just immediately goes away. Yep, just goes away. But, yeah, I, I give this an 8. I actually like the art. There was some. The progression, the progression are, though, is not great. Yeah, I just like the idea of, you know, hey, you get everybody caught up with the things. Let's see what's going on. Get it out of the way. You do have Selena mention to Batman about Ivy 
the things with Simon St. Chewy says, you know, make sure she stays away. Luckily, he didn't decide to look into things or he saw it's, it's, the second chance team might have caused some problems or whatnot. Up, but, you know what I'm saying? The second chance team was on the freaking docks where Selena went into the water last issue. So I don't know where they got off to or where they at. Well, now, I remember at say. that point, Clayface was blown up. And I think Rock ran away. Batman just showed him. Yeah, it'd be funny. It's like, why why were you with Clayface and then Croc and them? Uh, it's a long story. Second chance. It's such uh, a weird yes. idea with the Ivy bit, though, because I am more invested in that than anything else that Catwoman is doing right now. I don't know how it's going to tie back in the fear state if it does at all or going in the future state because we know we name dropped Simon Satan here where he was the guy that had Ivy who was making drugs with her. And the only thing that we get was like, I found Ivy, you know. She's changed, different somehow. Simon Saint was using her to make some sort of drug, but she's safe now. And what's bad to say? Do me a favor. Keep her hidden. And it's over. That's all we get with Poison Ivy. Like, she's just going to be hidden. So, like, all you're telling me right now is keep her hidden means we're not dealing with Poison Ivy for a little while. Well, yeah. Well, we're going to deal with her for Fear State. I'm sure we'll, we'll have some stuff sure. with that. And I've, I've read some solicits, Eric, so I'm, I'm kind of sure. We I have don't the, trust those. We have the gardener and stuff. And then there's something else that I'll tell you when we're done that I – uh, ended up hearing but yeah the second chance team i just need batman to end up finding out about those that's what i'm saying where he's like hey you were hanging out <laughs> you were hanging out with clayface on that now clayface okay he's like i can deal with that i, I was on a team a with while. clayface so yeah. that's cool and like going down the line like oh by the way yeah i also like croc might be oh well well he's kind of rehabilitated i i think that he's doing some good things lately and then oh and uh yeah cheshire okay the bets are off now. You got to stop. And, and by the way, Skidmark. Oh, okay. Well, we don't mind Skidmark. It's one of no. the kids. The, but Cheshire. And, and then he's like, uh, also Firefly. Oh, no. I'm like, telling you, Firefly. <laughs> and, and then he's just like, y- you have Firefly hanging out with kids, do you? Yeah, there's trouble there. Knockout. Oh, my goodness. Eric. I want to but... know what's going on with Knockout, but it's such a weird idea that I'm, I'm sure it's going to be a thing again, but. Where we had the mystery of who this mysterious figure was. Oh, it's Clayface dropping hints this entire time. But don't worry. I deserve a second chance. Like all of these other people, like Firefly, Knockout, Killer Croc, and Cheshire, they're going to help until they don't. And then freaking go away. And the whole thing, we have this giant connection right now with Leanne being one of the alley cats, the strays in the alley town kind of thing. Her mother Cheshire is here. You don't know how the universe works or anything or whether or not, like, you know, Cheshire well, remember Leanne, any of these things, this character is supposed to be dead, anything like that. But here's Cheshire. Oh, no, we're not dealing with that no more. I'm like, we, we have to get back to this. How, how are we moving past this? And it'd be funny, too. It's the idea of Batman's like, listen, you got to shut this down. She's like, really? Like, I, I told him they get a second chance, but you're right. And she ends up, hey, you know, Cheshire, you know, you got to go away. Everybody goes away. Batman comes, thank God, goes and says, the hell you also working with the Riddler? <laughs> this is the other thing. The Riddler's You got any meth, Batman? Stuff. Riddle me this. <laughs> Riddle me this. Oh, God damn it, Nigma. <laughs> I'm telling you, she is doing so many bad things. The idea that not even just that second chance. I mean, that's the thing. we're dealing with Catwoman right oh. now, and then you go to Batman and Catwoman. We're ha- like, part of the story is her <laughs> hanging out with Joker. I know. Holy moly. But at least, you know, she's doing her thing. <laughs> Just Riddler, Summer. Riddler. Oh, he's my tech guy. Oh, okay, well that makes sense. He did the computer work. Oh my god, what what did you say you were going to get? I'm going to give this a six point five out of ten because while I like that we're finishing up this story and stuff like that and the art, I thought the progression throughout was just odd choices left and right between the beginning where it just kept jumping back and forth throughout time to the actual fight with with uh, Father Valley, which I wanted, which. 
Again, the idea of Father Valley and Salim just fighting with swords. Ridiculous concept in my mind, but the progression of that took me like so far off this whole thing. Everything with Hadway, him getting to where he needs to be. I'm like, I, I, I don't know why you even set any of this up. You could just have Hadway figure his shit. Like if he just looked over and saw freaking, you know, Maggie's balcony or something like, and had like this idea of sifting through the church to find an overturned freaking bathtub where there's a map inside where this other cup, oh my, you know, my other, like uh, my brother-in-law does surveying or some shit like that. I'm like, the map thing, the weird thing is right the here. map thing seems to maybe set up something coming up in Fear State because Hopefully. the idea that he's doing that, they're sitting through the map thing. Who cares about that? Because he does end up then looking up and says, holy crap, he was, he blew up this church because it was in the way and he took off. That, that You did get that. It's just that it got stopped before saying, like, with the sight lines. That sort of thing you know didn't you make do sense. When there's a church blocking your sight lines, you pick another fucking well, building. Well, that's the thing. Well, you don't have any other building because he just has that but one building across. That's the thing across. is, too. You have a man of God here. He's doing everything for God. I'm going to blow up God's house to get to my target of murdering. Exactly. He, that's not his I don't God. understand this character. Well, the thing is, I do like the idea that he does blow up that building just because it was in the way. That's pretty badass. But... With that, the church. I know. I, I don't really think he cares about it anymore. I think that he's given up on all Thomas's that. He church, likes, not he just, Dumas's he church. Just likes to quote things. I mean, you think Samuel L. Jackson's character in Pulp Fiction was? He said at the end, "It's a bunch of bullshit." I don't even know what it means. It's just pretty badass to say it to people before I kill them. I think that's his quotes there. But he ends up where? Don't you dare say that Father Valley's cooler than Jules. No, I'm not saying cooler. I'm saying he's <laughs> doing the same deal. He thinks it's a cool ass thing to do. Uh, but he ends up. You know, once Hadley realized, oh, crap, it's Maggie. They're going after her. Now, with that, remember my big complaint. They ended up when they made that other warehouse, they said, we all can't gather up at the nest because it's a target. And I said right away, you left Maggie there. She's now the the target. And that exactly happened. Why wouldn't they have taken her down to that warehouse deal that they're making now? That is a forced way Wasn't to get Maggie accessible. by herself, I guess. But yeah, with that, <laughs> Too she, inconvenient. she shouldn't She shouldn't have been there. They already said that it was a target, and I thought that was weird then. Like, oh, Maggie's there, and it's a target. We'll just leave Maggie there, and we'll make our own thing. Um, but I like when Hadley realized it's just there's like little added things. Like that whole idea seemed like Ramphy thought it was clever that there was the map underneath the the bathtub that wasn't that clever it was weird was also i thought it was going to be that map that selena used as a little girl to get around the, the deal i thought it was going to be that and it was going to lead to something where they found like the, the headquarters of father something weird but it, it didn't end up being that it was sight lines that went way i mean sight lines way over my head i'm a short guy eric so you end up with Pretty that like you know what i mean like get that you gotta blow up that again, fire hydrant get your brother way. Get your brother, thanks a lot. Get your brother <laughs> to send the stuff to, like, what's Rick going to do with these things? But now you end up where I love when you see Father Valley it's jumping a map out of, of some the, sort. Yeah. Alley Town, I think. It's not just a regular map, it's a building height survey, see? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a brother who works up at the planning office. <laughs> it's they so have weird. to go through these all the time before they release permissions for high rises. Yeah, all right. Whatever. But uh, why here? There's no like, high rises in Alley Town. <gasps> He wasn't hiding. No. What? The church. He didn't blow it up to hide anything from us. You think you can get your brother to send me some of these surveys from <laughs> Why Alley does Town? he need them? Uh, I think he so. He just said it doesn't we matter. We need to go. Now, have your brother send a detective Riggs at the precinct. A uh, detective? So why'd he blow up the church? Because it wasn't his way. Don't you see? <laughs> 
Also, he's there looking at the sight lines. He's like, he looks at the deal and goes, who the hell let them have a rundown apartment building be a hundred floors high? This doesn't make sense. Then runs off there. That's a little Tom King shade there. I think it was was 83 for Batman uh, 23. I think it was actually like 92 because it was uh, whatever the the floor it was on was, was higher than the Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with all of that, yeah, that that's that. I gave it an eight. You gave it a six five. I like yes. it as more of a reset. Uh, and actually, a catch up for people who may have not got the annual or things like that. So you're ready to go into Fear State. We'll see what's happening with them sight lines and rigs, right? But with that, what Never is your again. what is your book of the week? My book of the week this week is Superman and the Authority number two. Crazier, crazy stuff. You ended up changing it up as we talk. Mine is no actually. Idea. I think my first time three-way tie, and I don't know. There hasn't been a lot of times where I have three nines in a deal, right? That's pretty cool. Except except when me, you, and somebody else is in the room, right? Three nines, nine out of 20s we are. But I have Nightwing Nightwing, uh, Flash and Superman the Authority. So I, I really had a good time with that. And was pretty positive on a couple of the other books as well. You actually had you actually made me come up in my score of Clown Hunter too. So that was pretty cool. But this is what we have next week. You think that the fun times will continue? Man, I hope so. I hope so as well. Well I'm gonna read the books that we'll be talking about. Two of these books will be part of our Patreon only spotlight because they'll be in all the books are in a poll and the badasses on the Patreon get to pick the two. That they want us to talk about which ones will they be, Eric? You'll never know. No, I'm not telling. Action Comics number 1034. We'll see if there's still more hints of the authority. I don't know. Go for it. Uh, With that, then we also have Batman Superman number 21, that book coming to an end soon. Uh, there, I think there's an annual and then another oh, issue. Right. So there's a weird annual thrown in. Checkmate number three. Checklist. Oh. Detective Comics number 1042. We'll see what's going on there. We have Harley Quinn number six. That's Looks like Catwoman's cool. coming to town with that one. Yeah, or Harley's going to Alleytown. We'll have to see what's going on. Again, in that. we with, see that. It doesn't matter. They're all on the same side. I know. With maybe the gardener and the, the poison. We'll have to see. We'll have to see, Eric. Why do you keep asking me? Robin, number five. Will we get to the full tournament? I'm not telling you. I don't think so. Well, ju- uh, judging by the cover here, it's just all a bunch of the Bat Family, like Rumble of the Robins, with all the Bat Family coming together as we left last issue. All right. Superman, Bad son of Kal-El, number two. Seems very quick for this number two. We'll see how that goes. We have Wonder Girl, number three. Now, if Superman, son of Kal-El, seems like, oh, my God, that already? Wonder Girl, number three, is like, holy crap, I forgot about that book. And it's Talk a shame about Batman Catwoman. Yara Flora had such just, you know, hot off the presses. Everybody talking. And then that book has already been so delayed. And again, we have shared art duty because Joel Jones doesn't seem to be able to keep up with both the writing and the art. And I don't know why they keep trying to do that. But I do like her. Art. Wonder Woman, number 778. I think it's, you know, your favorite band that sings up, up and away in my beautiful balloon. Yes, Eric, I mean the fifth dimension. Where we're heading off and getting a little. Well, bat I don't know who mind. that is, but I also don't want to go there either. And wonder. Well, Woman. you know the up, up and away. You know, you know that song. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, it's a bird. It's a plane. Superman. No, up, no, up and away. Fifth dimension. Oh. You're, you're horrible. They also sing. It is the dawning of the age. Oh, I do know that. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's them as well. I don't you think know, it is. They, I think it is. I think they are hard hitting with that, Eric. You can look it up. The fifth dimension. But age with of all of that. 
I'm waiting. I'm trying to go time with you. Come on, look it up, Eric. What is what's going on? Yeah, it's fifth dimension. You're yeah, right. So there you go. Take that, you jerk. Now everybody got to hear me sing. <laughs> <laughs> to every episode. What are you talking about? Every episode is like, <laughs> yeah, at least, I can, like a, at least I can record those, right? And I, I'm not just off the cuff. Aquarius! Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Eric. There you go. Everybody, everybody's gone now. Hey, the three people left. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks, everybody, for, uh, you know, listening to the podcast every week as we give you all this stuff going on. One thing that I do want to point out, we'll talk about it more next week, but we have an annuals week coming up at the end sure of this do. month, and that is yet another. Very low, pretty low deal. We'll be having our episode that week as a Patreon only. So just another reason to go over and join up at patreon.com slash weird science. That'd be pretty cool. A pretty cool way to put up every annual week. We give back to our patrons by having a show just for them. Yep. Just for them. It is a no limitation show, as they say. It doesn't mean anything. Doesn't. But hey, maybe it does. It doesn't. It's funny, too, because it doesn't. But. Yet it does when the Marvel and because the, then you can curse. Can't curse on that, you know. But with all of that said, we and curse done, on our show? Eric. No, we don't. Uh, what do we say at the end? Everybody have a great week. We keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. Oh, Well, DC Comics, what you're telling me? Ends up being everything we don't see. I thought we left future state in the past. Possible future, possible my ass slow down. Future state's coming way too fast. You always promised me something, it ends up being nothing. Ow! How long is this gonna last? Well, you gave us two months of future state And turned the blind eye to most of the hate Infinite front is supposed to be great But all I keep seeing is the magistrates go down Future state's coming way too fast You always promised me something and ends up being nothing How long is this gonna last? Play with 
with his toys Eric's got to go Play with his toys Play with his toys